Nick went down. Unbelievable. Yes, yes, that's actually and is now OOP, as they say in dog racing, out of picture. In terms of the college football championship, there, there would be almost uh, no way that uh, these uh, committee people, even if they bring back Condoleezza Rice and uh, she accepted bribes from Jose Suleiman, there would seem to be no way that you could somehow work Alabama back in the equation. Is there with two losses? And, and, and possibility that uh, they would have four losses on the seat. Well, you can't, you can't say that because they won those games. And your man Jimbo, what, what's he on? Like a nine-game losing streak? That, that's unbelievable. Jimbo Fisher. I don't know how much they've lost in a row. You know. They have not played well the entire year. Jimbo, like they're talking, his buyout's like 50 million, and they're considering it. Like that's how bad they're. Imagine that. Fifty million dollars they're going to give this cat to fail. Wow, wow. Did we all make some bad career choices? We should have just been failing college football coaches. The time. Wake up with Defoe, joined by Luby. Welcome to the Defoe Show. No, I can smell the turkey cooking in the oven, man. Uh, it's starting to get closer and closer to the time. The time. Johnny Eddy, you can see the mic dropping down from the ceiling. Sunnyside Garden in New York. There's Joe Lewis in one corner. Some bum of the month in the other corner. And after uh, half a round of boxing, here we go again. Johnny gets up there in a tuxedo and says, The time, 1 minute, 21 seconds of round number one. And the winner and still champion. Champion, I always thought it was spelled C-H-A-M-P-E-E-N. Just from... <laughs> I spelled it that way on my third grade spelling test, and uh, Mrs. Yearwood uh, came over to me and said, well, well, what is that? You've spelled champion before. I said, no, but I was watching uh, Gillette Fight of the Week last night. It's champion. <laughs> Has to be. Otherwise, why would Johnny Addy say it that way? Champion. It was great. All right, good morning, everybody. Good, good to be with morning. you. I hope you guys are all feeling like the champions of the world. I'm feeling pretty good today. It's a uh, Tuesday, and we're getting closer and closer to Thanksgiving, which is my favorite holiday. And then... I I remember my dad, uh, I forget the name of the cartoonist, but he was a very popular cartoonist in uh, like the New York Times or one of the more sophisticated New York papers, uh, you know, at, at that time. There used to be like five daily newspapers published in New York. Yeah, there was uh, what, the Herald American? Was that one of them? You had the Post, you had the Daily News, you had all kinds of other stuff. And the New York Times was a biggie. And I, I think this guy might have been a cartoonist in the Times, but he, he was a very sophisticated newspaper cartoonist. And he had a character in his cartoons uh, called Horntooth. Okay. Right? And I'll never forget, my, my dad really loved this picture. He had it, like, framed. And it was called uh, Horntooth Looking for Inspiration, which is what we're all trying to seek. Uh, are we not? Are we not looking to be inspired? Is that part of the quest of life? People are often asking. And, and this is one of the questions that we like to address on this particular brand of sports talk. What is the meaning of life? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> really? Well, we know one thing, the meaning of life, part of the meaning of life is that we know that Louis, when Louie's very busy, you all of a sudden, you it's not like we haven't said anything, I mean, remotely interesting over the last couple of weeks, but we keep running that Nick Saban line because Louie is moving. <laughs> I want to I clarify I that for a lot of people who are saying, hey, Dave, are you ever going to come up with another line? I eh? have a few things. to. You, to, couldn't, I, you couldn't find anybody else to poke fun at? You've, you've had some dingers. I, I zingers. I will have that new one by tomorrow. I apologize. I'm not complaining. I, I, I appreciate it. I feel it. bad. <laughs> I just feel bad. I'm like, we know he lost. I don't think he lost the last two weeks, actually. That's wrong. <laughs> I, I embrace lameness uh, when it comes to work. Uh, you know, although uh, I, I feel like, I, I don't know why, I, I feel like I've always had a fairly decent work ethic and standard. 
I, I always trying to do a good job, I, even, you know, whatever the circumstances may be. Even when we had Jack Namer, uh, you know, texting us every three seconds. Yeah, you better do something different. That was worse than uh, dealing with the uh, moronic program directors that we had over the years. I'm not going to lie. Wasn't it, wasn't, it wasn't better. Whatever we dealt with at iHeart, they left us alone until after the show. Yeah, at least they weren't trying to poach into our sales, although they tried their best to uh, compromise us in uh, that respect as well. No, they did uh, plenty of that. But what's funny, too, is when other people are failing at their jobs, that they really don't like it when somebody sort of independently comes into the company and is it doing succeeds. well. Exactly. We were resented for like 11-plus years there at iHeartMedia because uh, we were having no problem selling our show and uh, it seemed very successful to us. And they were looking at it and going, well, what the hell are you guys doing? Because uh, they, they didn't have a single uh, sponsor placed on the program uh, outside of the uh, gimmies that came from all of these gambling entities when uh, they just, uh, they, they were indiscriminate about where they were spending their money. If you had a station and it had a signal, they were buying time on it because they knew they were going to lure in enough people to get buried <laughs> that it was going to be worth their while. But anyway, uh, you know, so w w what are we looking for in life? Are we looking for inspiration, Luby? Uh, sure. Is that not part of it? Yes, I mean, uh, I, I can't say that lately, uh, you know, on my walk of life, I've been thinking, uh, you're, you're not overwhelmingly inspired lately, Deepa. What, what, what is wrong with you? You don't want to live this way. You don't want to play out the string. You know, where you're on a team like the Marlins, that, that has to be very, very frustrating <laughs> and futile. Don't you feel like a Marlin player sometimes in life or where, you know, you're, you're already 30 games under 500. You barely even cracked the all-star break yet. Uh, you're getting into the dregs of August and September when you're totally out of the race. Uh, you're not even interested in being a spoiler. You're uninspired. And, and it's not a good way to go through life. No, no. All right. So, I, I mean, aside from inspiration, what else that ends in T-I-O-N are, are most people seeking? And, and there's, uh, believe me, that there, there's a method to this, just like there was yesterday with that FIFA speech thing. After we got into the whole thing about Jews for uh, Trump. <laughs> Could a guy be any more of a goofball? By the way, I mean, uh, I, I wasn't a big fan of this guy uh, when, when he was uh, originally brought on as the uh, attorney general of the United States. But uh, this uh, bar cat, who, uh, you know, he, he seemed like... Uh, Seemed like a real jerk, right? William Barr. Bill Barr, the one under Trump who was yeah. who did nothing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, he wrote an excellent column about how, uh, and uh, it's got a picture of the Donnie boy. Now, the post has turned on Trump, yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. got a picture, and, and William Barr wrote a column that, that, that is, is very well done, mm. I have to say. I, I, I've gained some new respect for this man because he seemed like a buffoon, like a tool, when he first was defending all of Trump's stuff. And he says, enough of Trump's scorched earth ways. That's uh, essentially the theme uh, of this whole thing. And, and, and he does a really nice job here. Uh, this is in the New York Post today, William P. Barr, of outlining uh, both, uh, you know, uh, surprisingly, th there were some good things that happened in the Trump administration that, that were beneficial to people. I presume. There, there were. I mean, but, but he, <laughs> he really describes how, how Trump's uh, own ego got so far involved in and, and impeded any possible good that could have been done. And, and of course, he was doing this while, you know, a zillion people were telling him, back off, Donnie, back off. Pull yourself out of this thing. But, uh, no, it's a decent column uh, if you get a chance to read it, uh, you know, especially if you're, 
you know, as we are. I mean, we've been a very anti-Trumpster uh, for the entire time, uh, thinking, uh, what, why not? Uh, an act around on loan. Remember that line in the Doors song? Yes. An act around on loan. That, that's kind of what we had there uh, running the country. I, I think he was referring to Reagan uh, back then. Although, uh, yes. was Jim Morrison still around then? I don't know. No, he didn't make it. No, but remember, Jim, uh, remember, Reagan became the governor of California. Yeah. It would make sense that Morrison was in the area. Like the a dog area. without a bone, an actor out on loan. All right. So besides inspiration, what else uh, ends in a T-I-O-N that we're always looking for, Libby? Always looking for. Uh, satisfaction. Close. I mean, it's right <laughs> along those lines. <laughs> no, then I, don't I know. can't get no satisfaction. <laughs> I'm looking for affirmation. Affirmation, is, it affirmation is what we're looking for. Okay, that is true. Yes. And I got it yesterday. Oh, you I did? did. Oh, you're affirmed? <laughs> An alley dar. I got, I got <laughs> affirmation on everything that I believed about soccer. Oh, okay. Transpired in front of my eyes yesterday <laughs> as the U.S. team at two o'clock. Now we were doing Mike Mayo's lunchbox yes. down at Grandpa's in Dania. A great array of food. Did fun. you see Mayo? By the way, chopped down that bagel. He, he ate an entire omelet on a bagel <laughs> in like two bites. Did he cut that thing in half, or did no. you have your own? Uh, he had a, he cut the whole sandwich in half, but he, the half was like this. Yeah, like where I was like dunking it and squishing it. He. Unhinge the jaws, as Andy likes to say. <laughs> how, how does he do that? Man? I don't know. <laughs> it's like Geppetto being swallowed up by a whale or something. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, no, I, I don't know how he does it. Uh, it's amazing it's that he was a sophisticated food critic and, uh, you know, has this uh, delicate palate. And at the same time, uh, literally eats like a savage, <laughs> like a barbarian. He, does. he should just have a giant turkey leg. Mayo and eat that every day on a lunchbox. That should be the lunchbox. Mike Mayo eats a giant turkey leg, but uh, really good food there at uh, Grandpa's, and uh, we had you know a, a terrific time. So I get home from that about two o'clock, and I'm thinking, all right, I, I have nothing really going here. I was probably going to crash for a while to get ready to maybe do something in the evening. I was supposed to play some tennis, but uh, even though. We probably could have gotten it in. Dr. Jerry punked out because uh, it was pouring where he was. And I understand that. You don't want to schlep all the way across town. And then uh, you get there, you play for five minutes, and it starts raining. Yeah. Very understandable. Yeah. Especially for a guy. He's still a doctor. He's a practicing physician. Can you believe this? Leaves the hospital. He'll be in the middle of cutting some guy's toe off and go, well, up, I got to go. No, no, he's responsible. But, uh, you know, and, and then he'll go play like two sets of tennis with me and then go back and do another operation. I, I don't know how he does it, right? I go home and drink two beers and. You know, suck down a couple of baked potatoes. But uh, yeah, he's very diligent about that. So uh, but we ended up getting washed out. Uh, so I, I figured that was going to happen anyway because it, it looked kind of uh, gruesome out there yeah, in terms of the here. weather. Yeah. So I figured, all right, uh, let me check it out. There it is. Oh, you tried to watch it? <laughs> and, and and I agree with Jim Sarney that the U.S. was dominating in the first half of that game. They they seemed to have possession on the ball the entire time. Most of the action was down there in the uh, Wales defensive end. Uh, they got a few shots off. Uh, they almost had an own goal go in off the head of a Wales player. That would have been great to begin the World Cup with an own goal uh, against Wales and the uh, U.S. getting it. They, they had a real pretty goal there to go up one nothing. I would have to say that that looked a little bit like a fast break. They were actually moving at that point. But everything that I think about the game of soccer, what was reaffirmed to me by watching just the first half of that game yesterday, I mean, just dreadful. <laughs> and now Mayo, Mr. Soccer, during the lunchbox yesterday, you know, I, I hate when people fire back and go, yeah, well, hockey doesn't have a lot of scoring. 
It is night and day, the action differential between hockey and soccer. (laughs) Hockey is played by big guys on skates who who are just absolutely annihilating each other. You won't see a hockey player get up crying and go, oh, Oh, my knee. Yeah, the flopping does not happen in hockey. That's for sure. Flopping? Are you kidding me? They get absolutely (laughs) knocked out cold, and they get right up and skate down the (laughs) other end of the ice and try to stick the puck away from the guy that uh, did damage to him. And then they fight the guy. It's great. No teeth, nothing. I mean, you can see that they've been through every possible physical, uh, you know, detrimental condition that you could go through from playing a sport, and they don't care. They 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 get their teeth knocked out. Their right eyeball is uh, you know sitting there in the left socket, and uh, they, the interview comes up at uh, between periods, and and Randy Muller says, "Oh yeah, he'll he'll be out for the third period. Don't worry about it." Soccer, my God, they don't even get touched. Guy does a flop, a fake flop. It, it, it looks like that scene in The Godfather that uh, Coppola deliberately left in there when James Conn missed the punch. <laughs> and then a guy with a man bun comes running over and holds up a yellow card and goes, that's a yellow card. What a, what a pussy game. I mean, I... <laughs> It's just, they're very, look, they're, they're similar sports, except for that hockey is smaller net. Uh, it's a smaller And it's fast-paced, though. Even if no scoring is taking place, well, it's fast-paced. Like Guys are getting crushed into the boards. Guys are flying up and down the ice. They don't sit there in the center ice between the, you know, the two blue lines and just uh, dick around with the puck for like an hour and then <laughs> kick it back to the goalie so he can shove it back out to center ice. Do you ever see that play in hockey? Never. Maybe when Roger Nielsen was coaching. That was about it. When we had the original Panthers there. But they, they made a rule against that. Don't hang out here in center ice. I mean, you can't do this. We, we don't want the game to get bogged down and be boring. But, and, and, and you got guys futilely running after each other the entire time. And it was just, what a waste. Anybody, usually like when an event is taking place, like the World Series or the Super Bowl or, uh, you know, the Masters in golf, you're, you're inspired to go out there and, and participate in that sport, right? Even if you haven't picked up the clubs in years, the Masters is coming up. You're going, hey, yeah, uh, Luby, let's go out to Top Golf and uh, drive a few. You know, range, if we yep. hit the ball well, we'll go play around somewhere. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. Right? Yep. Football. football uh, you know, baseball. you're out there throwing a ball around before the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, you're tailgating. Yep, yep, yep. Soccer. My God, what are you going to yeah. do? Bounce a little ball off your knee? <laughs> oh, look at that! Look at me! What a fucking joke. <laughs> it's just, look, and that's what I said to the mail yesterday. Even in hockey games, let's say it's three to two, the shots yeah. on goal at the end of the game will be like, thir- like 40 40 to shots. 30, the guy made know, amazing like, saves. <laughs> like, they're at least shooting it. Like, you watch a soccer game, and it's, what a competitive game. Five shots to four. <laughs> what like, what joke. am I going to do with that? <laughs> it, it is true. Our friend Blake Chadwick had this up on social media yesterday, and, uh, you know, it's very true. I've seen this sentiment expressed a zillion times, and I believe it. Affirmation. That's what I was after yesterday, and I found it. Uh, Every four years, Americans feign interest in soccer. Mm -hmm. The rest of the time, they could care less. Now, it hasn't even been every four years because uh, we we haven't been involved in a World Cup. We missed, like, I guess, what, the last one? Yeah, we missed the last one. So that meant uh, there was an eight-year gap. Yes, yes. Countries like Cameroon. Yeah. Countries, uh, Croatia is playing, uh, I guess, tomorrow morning, huh? Five and o'clock, five o'clock in the morning. Is Nikita's open? Sarni keeps asking me if Nikita's is open. Nikita. Croatian sports bar. <laughs> we'll have to ask Mike, uh, Mayo, what, uh, what food is yeah, indicative of, um, of an indigenous to, uh, you know, Croatian lifestyle? I, I don't know. What do you think? What, what do they eat? There? I don't know. Coleslaw? Sauerkraut? What, what, what is the... Uh... <laughs> 
not sure. Anyway, the game is completely boring. It's a ridiculous game. Uh, it's so stupid. What a waste of time. These people running back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Uh, you know, the, the field is the size of a, you know, a major, you know, mid-sized country. Uh, <laughs> the goal, uh, literally, uh, as big as the Grand Canyon. If you can't put the ball in that goal from a mile away, then then you really suck. Well, that's what's weird about it is the goal's massive. The person has no shot at saves, yet it's two to one. Yeah. <laughs> or 1-1. And, and, and how does Wales end up tying a game on the dumbest of all plays, the penalty kick, where uh, it, it really is. It reminds me, and it, this is an old reference, but I've been using it for like 50 years because it makes sense. I, I believe he was the last guy to be executed in his fashion, Gary Gilmore. Yeah. When they took him out in front of a Utah firing, firing squad, squad yeah. and offered him like a blindfold and a last drag on a cigarette. Mm-hmm. This was in uh, relatively modern times. I mean, if you consider my lifespan to be modern times, 70, 72 years. <laughs> That's modern. It's, it's modern. only 71, but it's it's getting closer and closer to 72 modern here, Luby. Modern times. But that, the goalie is essentially Gary Gilmore in that spot, is he not? <laughs> oh, honest. Yeah, for, for there sure. There were 20 guys with guns, and guess what? Not everybody's going to miss. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's going to hit you, exactly. You're going down, Gary. That's it. You kill those people, and you're going to pay the price. God. So, uh, and it was another guy with a man bun. Uh, you know, that was the big star for Wales. I, I, I didn't uh, oh, I that, remember what's his name. name? Well, yeah, I'll what's his it. name? No, I have it under my tongue. I'll get it. It doesn't matter. He's a, a non-entity, nondescript. It could have been Tom Jones, right? What's new, pussycat? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Gareth Bale, Gareth Bale, Gareth Bale. He's the big guy over there, yes, and uh, he gets a penalty kick on, on, like, another joke of a play, right, where some guy slides, takes that. him out, and they say, okay, let's do this. Even though we've played 90 minutes of this game, and the other team has been working their asses off, and they finally got a goal on uh, what was a decent soccer play, where, uh, you know, a little, uh, you know, give and go there, kind of a fast break. And uh, the guy, Weya, who is uh, the son of the president of Liberia, who was like a uh, uh, an all-time soccer great. I mean, this guy was like the Pele of Liberia, I guess. And, uh, you know, he, he did a nice job. He kind of uh, back-footed the thing into the goal there and, uh, you know, changed the direction of it. Goalie was completely out of place, as usual. And um, and, and the U.S. scored, and you thought, wow, okay, so probably going to win this game one zip. And uh, sure enough, they, they put the ball right in front of the goaltender, like from two feet away, and they give this guy, who was supposed to be a monster player, a free kick, Based on the fact that he got tripped up, and uh, that's it. 1-1, and that was the final. And everybody is, uh, you know, they had every recognizable soccer player from the United States on the post-game analysis. So they had Donovan, they had Dempsey, and they had Lawless. Oh, Lawless has been doing this forever. I, I kind of liked him when he was playing, when he had the red hair and the freaky yeah, beard. Yeah, the beard, yep. Yeah, he was kind of like Carrot Top and sneakers. Yes. I guess Carrot Top <laughs> were at sneakers. But, uh, he, he was a decent soccer player. And I was at a time where we were still trying to make the case that the Good United chance. States was going to be a factor in worldwide soccer. We are never going to be a factor no, no. because we don't give a shit about soccer. And, and, and you know what? That that makes me feel better about this country. <laughs> just like the, the slowing of the red wave <laughs> the when mid-terms. it turned out to just be like, like a very mild, like a uh, maybe undertow. <laughs> The fact that we have not embraced soccer at this level really encourages me about the condition of the United States of America. And I, I, and you see all the where, – where are these people that are gathering, like in Kansas City, and they're all going nuts as if they were at the stadium themselves? Ridiculous. Nah. But, uh, I mean, it, it just reaffirmed my belief that, that soccer 
uh, is a sport that was invented by Cro-Magnon man. <laughs> they were kicking skulls around, and they were part of a mutant society that had no arms. <laughs> it's like, use your arms. Otherwise, why wouldn't you just grab the fucking <laughs> ball and throw it? Use your arms. Something. Use your arms. What sport is designed so you don't use your limbs? None. Why don't they make them walk on their hands and uh, just carry the ball with their feet? Uh, uh, this is the dumbest game I have ever seen. Uh, uh, maybe at the highest level. I, I don't know. I guess we really get towards uh, the matches that, that actually feature teams that are real. Uh, and what would that be? Argentina, Brazil? Well, Argentina's England. lost to Saudi Arabia. That's Mayo's big gripe, so I, I don't know if Argentina's one of them. They're no good. Messi, he's finished, huh? They were supposed to be good. Mayo's losing it. He said it was the biggest fixed job in the history of sports or something. I don't know. Mayo, Mayo should, I mean, he should disqualify or recuse himself from any commentary after that uh, disgrace of a performance yesterday. Where, you know, he's attacking me about the fact... He knows soccer is a dumb game. He knows it. <laughs> I love you, Mike. You know soccer stinks as a game. You know, I mean, would you ever go out and say, hey, let's go kick a soccer ball around? Oh, my God. You I, suggest uh, and your friend should punch you immediately or call 911. <laughs> hey, look. Your friend should punch you. Imagine I'm hanging out with, like, Jersey Kyle or something, and I say, hey, Jersey, why don't we go buy a soccer ball and kick it around? Let's go kick. Yeah, so you're like, let's go toss the ball. Let's go. You're never like, let's go kick the soccer ball. <laughs> Two guys, man. I mean, what are you happens. doing? You're going to play one-on-one -on -one at the park. And you have happens. a catch. Oh, right? Throw God. a football around, pretend that you're in the Super Bowl. But uh, would you ever? I, you know, people do it. No. But it's obviously restricted to areas where uh, usually you have some kind of, at least in South Florida, some kind of Latin presence. Like Hialeah, you'll roll by and uh, see some people playing soccer. Uh, in Italy, you know, you, you would uh, when we were on that train uh, going from Florence to Rome, you would see all, all these little uh, soccer fields that were, that were carved down in the middle of nowhere, like in uh, farm country somewhere. You know, they're growing grapes and at the same time got a little soccer stadium with some stands and everything. So I, I understand that if it was part of your culture. But, but uh, you know, th this is why it's good that the NFL has expanded. I, 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 in general, don't really care for the games that are played like in London. And they had last night's game in Mexico, Mexico City. City. I mean, come on. That's fine. But, uh, you know, and, and these are soccer strongholds. But it, it's not a game. It's just a stupid it's not activity. A game. <laughs> I just love your hatred for it. If Brittany Griner ends up playing a lot of soccer, it'll be because she's confined in a Russian penal colony. <laughs> and they would consider that a harsh, cruel, and unusual punishment to make the people, uh, while they were in the yard there, for their one hour outside. Oh, okay, you know what? We're not just going to stand around. We're going to play some soccer. Okay. <laughs> That'd be it. The whole thing about Cutter and, and, and having the games there is an absolute joke. Also, I mean, uh, totally ignored by the networks. Uh, that some guy got detained because he was wearing a, a rainbow support shirt for uh, LGBTQT. Now it's LGBTQT plus. What yes. what is the plus? Movie? I, I don't know. Very unfortunate incident, by the way. What what's unfortunate? Another shoulder uh, shrugger, too. Oh, yeah, okay. Guy walked into, uh, you know, a gay club in Colorado oh, yeah. and shot like 20 people. Hey, matter of routine, huh? We, we don't need to look into any kind of gun control. The guy was a nutbag who had already uh, been under scrutiny, and he was able to buy these guns legally, including uh, an assault rifle. Great. Picked it up the other day at, like, Walmart or wherever they were selling them. I guess Walmart stopped doing it. Uh, you know, and, uh, you know, who... who uh, who, who would think that uh, there wasn't some need for some kind of you know legislation to say, 
let, let's get a database at least and try and track these nut jobs. And when they, uh, you know, end up purchasing, how could the guy even have the ability to purchase a rifle legally after he had just threatened to blow up his house with his mother in it? Yeah, exactly. Like a week before. I mean, it's not funny. It's sad. No, no, it's this is where we're at. Absolutely sad. So, you know, and this is uh, with the backdrop of uh, your man, Elon Musk, uh, going ahead and saying, you know what? It's okay to promote violence and, and sick ideas and hatred and divisiveness. Uh, let, let's reestablish the accounts of all of these assholes that were on Twitter before. Like uh, Marjorie, uh, you know, whatever her name, Taylor Green. Yes. I, I can't wait to hear from her. You know what? I, I think I, that's why I don't have a Twitter account. I'm really happy about it. I, I really do. have a, you I have a Twitter out of it. account. You don't access it. You do have a Twitter account. Oh, I have a Twitter I account, but you, you basically are running it. Yeah. You just don't do it. <laughs> I'll probably get in a jackpot for something that uh, you end up saying. I, I won't doubt that. To be really but I, I, my interest in the World Cup went right out the window. I, I got into it a few years ago. There were a couple of players. Uh, they had a kid, Owen, from uh, England. He was like 16. Michael he, Owen. He was, yeah. He was pretty exciting. For years, yeah. Uh, obviously, if you had uh, guys, you know, the stature of a Pele, uh, you know, uh, the, the big names in the game. Is Ronaldo even in this thing, or, or is he uh, currently in disgrace for some reason? What's up with Ronaldo? Is he playing playing he, for anybody? Uh, what would he be playing for? He Spain? would be Portugal. No, no, he'd be Portugal. I don't Portugal. know. Um, I, I know that his club team wasn't happy with him. But I, I still think he would be playing the World Cup, though. Like, I don't know why he wouldn't be what, playing What about this uh, Val guy? It's like Bobby Knopp. Remember that baseball player, Bobby Knopp? <laughs> or Randy Fun, P-F-U-N-D. Mbappé. What about Mbappé? Is that how you say his name? Mbappé, yeah. Mbappé. Yeah, that's right. Yeah? Yeah, that's right. What about him? He, he, he's involved. He, he's like the yes, biggest star in, in, in the games he's right now. He's great on France. Yeah, he's amazing. One of the best players. Zinedine Zidane still playing? The guy that looked like Sid Rosenberg? He was the coach of France for a long time. I don't know what he's doing now. Zinedine Zidane, yeah. Yeah. It was either Mark Messier or Sid Rosenberg that he was a dead ringer for. Both. Zinedine Zidane. Yep. Uh, Anyway, uh, just total dreck uh, yesterday on TV. Uh, Two hours of that. And then two hours of post-game analysis. Uh, And they're all like, oh, my God, I can't believe the way they collapsed in the second half. And this is really bad. But you know what? They should beat Iran. Yeah, of course. I don't even know if Iran has a soccer field, do they? What do they play? Just on straight up sand there in Iran? I'm, uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> Should be used to the conditions weather-wise, uh, you know, there in uh, Qatar. And uh, well, what a joke. I mean, all the oh, way around. that's my problem, uh-huh. this whole thing. I mean, I, it's hard for me. I look, it's because of the timing of the year. I really am not into it. But also the situation doesn't matter. Like, it, it's, with, it's like that stupid, the live golf tour, I would pay more attention to if it wasn't so scummy. And I get it. I'm not perfect. Believe me. We actually are very lucky to work with sponsors that are very re- responsible and big-time citizens within the community. But we don't always do our due diligence on sponsors. I'm not going to lie. So we don't know who they've worked with, who they've worked with, who they've worked with. I get that. But, th- I mean, come on. Like, Saudi Arabia directly? Cutter? The stuff that's going on over there? Like, are you kidding me? It it seems to be a known fact, although, uh, you know, they don't really like to, uh, you know, play this uh, up too much when it comes to the TV coverage. That, that like almost 7000 people who were essentially enslaved yes. actually paid to, to, to work there and were promised all kinds of stuff ended up dying building these yes. stadiums because they didn't have any any ballparks there. Nothing. Yep. They were completely bereft of any ability to host a World Cup when they were awarded the game. 
World Cup uh, for 2022. Completely had no no condition. And, you know, the fact that they had to change the time of the year where the uh, games were being played, that, that really took, uh, you know, a lot of the life, I, I think, out of the uh, interest level of the people uh, like me that might be a casual fan yep. and, and might be inclined to tune in saying, okay, everybody loves this stuff, so uh, let me take a look at it, see what it's all about. Yep. And, you know, I, I'm not one, you know, look, I, I like a lot of obscure sports. And, you know, I, I've spent my whole life loving boxing and horse racing. I've said this many, many times. I, I don't expect everybody to love that. I, I understand if people don't. And, uh, you know, every, every now and then you, you'll be talking about it on a show. I, I used to get this all the time from different program directors. Are you going to sit there and talk about your day at the track? <laughs> yes. So, yeah, well, I mean, it has applications to other things and it can impart practical wisdom to people so that they can better be equipped to live their own lives. Just yes. like we were looking for yesterday, affirmation and all of my thoughts about soccer were reaffirmed yesterday. <laughs> it's like a bad blowjob. It really is. <laughs> well, you just can't wait for it to end. <laughs> I mean, you're looking, she might even be a really attractive woman. I've ever been like, hey. And you're thinking, uh, I don't know who you've been with before, but if he liked that. Horrendous. <laughs> I wouldn't wait for that. What are these teeth? Marks? I would do a nudge. <laughs> I would just wait. Right? You're holding her head like you <laughs> yeah, were exactly. straight. Like no, you were Derek nice, Henry, straight you. arming a defensive back. <laughs> I'm okay. Stop. <laughs> exactly. I wouldn't wait. <laughs> That'd be painful. There it is. So. Put that out there, Louie. Soccer is like oh a bad blowjob. <laughs> I want to make that could in the be, open that could be so open, bad. Yeah. <laughs> I want to put that in the open so bad. <laughs> I, I, I mean, you guys know we're having fun with it. If you're a diehard soccer oh fan. And you're I actually like right it. I'm just mad at this. That, that's fine. Look, I am that guy you're talking about. I, I watch the EPL here and there, I guess, yeah. and some of the Champions League. Well, but well, what's really... good is soccer highlights are actually very yes. good. Well, no, and there's look, and I said it to Andy, and and I know hockey has this, but I don't think it gets in the way anywhere near as much. The offside ruins soccer. Soccer has probably more opportunities for yeah. goals, but there's a, whenever there's a fast break, like no, no, he's ahead of the guy. Isn't that, <laughs> like, isn't that the goal? Like, isn't that the goal to get ahead I've of the guy? <laughs> how, how does the goalie decide which way he's going to kick the ball or whether he's going to throw it? That would be an interesting thing to study. Because uh, I, I always love that when they're, they're dicking around at midfield for like five minutes. Nothing's happening. You can hear in the background uh, the uh, absolutely, I mean, it, it's the so much like being in an insane asylum when you're listening to the dull tones of Vuvuzelas. <laughs> <laughs> like you're in the opening scene of a Dickens novel. <laughs> That's going the whole time. And the ball's doing, you know, there's no defender within 10 feet of whoever has a ball. This guy has it. He dribbles around for a couple of seconds, and he kicks it over to the middle. There's another guy that's being, uh, you know, defended from uh, 10 yards away, and he dribbles around, pisses around for a while. And then they kick it over to the side, kick it back into the middle, and then the guy turns and goes, yo, and kicks it back to the goalie, <laughs> who, who's 50 yards from the action. That's my – at least in hockey when they once in a while Now, what is the it? point of that? Is that a reset of some sort? It's yes. not like, you know, when a goalie holds the puck behind the goal there and he gives it off to, like, Messier or whatever, you know, and the guy's skating around and he starts flying on a fast break. But uh, And you don't have too many breaks either. I mean, once in a blue moon, everybody gets running in the same direction. Other than that, <laughs> it's side to side. And then kick it back to the goalie, and then the guy decides whether he's going to punt it. Mm-hmm. Uh, place kick it. He, he he drops the ball down. There's nobody near him. I mean, there's nobody within like 50 feet. 
So, uh, you know, he, he just puts it down on the ground. He looks around for a while, points to this guy, points to that guy, and then he runs up and he kicks it. And, and you're thinking, wow, that guy should be in the NFL. It's pretty impressive <laughs> that he could kick the ball like that out past midfield. Uh, okay, so, you know, it takes some kind of skill, I guess. And, and then every now and then they just, uh, you know, place it over their head and throw it. That's when it's out of bounds. Yes, you have to throw it. No, but I mean, even the goalie will throw it from time to time. Really? Or he'll, like, oh, slide it, it you know, yeah, underhand. Yeah, he gives a, a little slide off to the side there, yeah, like he's yeah. dishing it off like he was Steph Curry. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but, but how does he decide which way to, to you know, what method to employ when know. there's nobody anywhere near him and the ball essentially is going to go to the same place, whatever method he uses? Well, that's what I was going to say it, is. Place kicks it, throws it, it's going out to midfield. Like, if, it go, like if it's a goal... Kick meaning it goes out of bounds behind the goal. You're supposed yeah. to place it and kick it. That I understand, but yeah, sometimes you're right. They will like boot it or roll it, and I, and I and when they boot it, they never kick it to their own guy. So I'm like, yeah. they're just booting it. Like when they roll it, at least it goes to their guy. <laughs> like when they're booting it, you oh, just the throw team. it up there. <laughs> and everybody tries to hit it with their fucking head. What a stupid game. <laughs> Sorry, Mike Mayo, I love you, but I know uh, that, that was a very lame argument yesterday. Well, what about hockey? He's like, hockey's nothing like soccer. The, the nothing are nothing like it. I mean, it's not even close. You go to a parameters. hockey game, you're like, my God, how do these guys do this? How on earth I mean, are the they sh- doing what this if on The skates? shifts are like two minutes, and the two minutes is like forever. I, yeah. Soccer, they don't take a break. <laughs> like, and they're okay. No. <laughs> they play 45 minutes, and then they get seven minutes. minutes extra that no one knows really how. Extra time. Could be two minutes. Yeah. Could oh, be that's eight. Great, yeah. <laughs> no uh, definition to when the game ends. And, and what is that based on, by the way? I don't know. It's supposed to be the injury. But I'm like, they stopped way more than eight minutes. That's my favorite is when they stop six yeah. times, and each stoppage is three minutes. But then the extra time is two and a half. I'm like, that wasn't equal. <laughs> the flopping and the crying. And then the guy's in agony. He's on the ground and he's complaining and fetching the to the referee. And, I hate the flopping. And then as soon as the ref, you know, uh, goes by after administering the yellow card, he sprints down the field. Like nothing <laughs> that's, was wrong. That's my, I both hate and love. I hate the flopping. I love the minute they realize, oh, I'm not getting a penalty. Yeah. Then they're fine. <laughs> yeah. It's like the Alta Conquers on that uh, senior junket that I take to Harris all the time. Just on it. And you're like, wow, you you were one of the 12 people needing wheelchair assistance getting on the plane. How is it that you're in the front seat of the bus (laughs) after sprinting (laughs) from the terminal uh, all all the way to the uh, first bus seat so you can be the first one off? Incredible, man. (laughs) Anyway, that was my experience yesterday. Affirmation is what it's all about, my friend. That's great. Affirmation. All right, I got clobbered this week by Francesco. I, I think he uh, he had the he Niners. Up, Tell me he didn't have the Niners. I, I went from being up about fifteen units to maybe being up six. Oh Jesus! He, he, he absolutely destroyed me uh, with these uh, games, including last night's game, which you had no shot. Colt McCoy broke in with George Blanda too, didn't he? Colt He's McCoy. been around a long time. Yes, I was. Wow. I, I was thinking, all right, time. I have a shot here. I, I'm getting eight points with Kyler Murray, and then uh, Murray doesn't play. Colt McCoy's lining up. Colt McCoy. Was drafted in 2010 in the uh, third round, Mike Luka. It's 2010. I I don't know that anybody ever thought that he was going to be a dynamic pro quarterback, although the Cleveland Browns invested a third-round pick in him, and he did start for them for a while. Yes. But they have, uh, you know, an unfortunate penchant for drafting guys that have no chance to be big-time pro quarterbacks (laughs) and playing. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Who's the guy? Johnny, uh, what's his name? Johnny Appleseed? Uh, Johnny Manziel. You forgot Johnny Manziel. Jesus. Yeah, Manziel. Johnny Manziel. Tim Couch. Where's Manziel today? What happened to Manziel? Johnny Manziel. He's off 
somewhere. Maybe trying yeah. the XFL again. I don't know. He had plenty of juice. He, he was ahead of his time. I mean, uh, immediately pointing out the uh, atrocities and hypocrisies oh, man, I, I, of the NCAA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he was great. Signing autographs at $50 a pop there at <laughs> some gas shit. station in Texas. <laughs> but uh, McCoy, I mean, he, he was pretty good as a Texas quarterback. He was a good great. collegiate quarterback. Another one of those guys that was a good collegiate quarterback. Yeah. And uh, really didn't uh, necessarily have skills that would uh, translate well into being a top-notch pro quarterback. And sometimes you just have to accept that. Uh, but uh, he, he's been with Cleveland, San Francisco, Washington, the Giants, and now Arizona. Mm. And I, I thought he'd been in the league longer than 12 years, uh, didn't you? <laughs> what did like you say? It's been 20 years, yeah. It feels like it's been, like, since the early 2000s. I, I know. I mean, uh, he broke in with uh, Vinny Testaverde, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't feel that long. Vinny Testaverde. <laughs> young. <laughs> young was early <laughs> Uh, no shot, though. I mean, uh, we had a momentary thrill. And, and this is something we were complaining about with the uh, Hurricane football team. As, uh, you know, I mean, at, at least Arizona for, for part of the game, the, the part that, you know, they, they before they became overwhelmed by the fact that they just didn't have enough talent to match up yesterday with the San Francisco 49ers, uh, at least they gave it a try, right? They were, they were in there trying. They, they had a little bit of spunk. They, they had a couple of drives. Uh, they, they actually got on the board first. Uh, when it became 14-3, they, they cut it to 14-10. And then from there, the uh, slaughter was on. But, I mean, I played with a little bit of dignity as much as you, you possibly can have uh, while being completely outmanned uh, with uh, a team that, wow, what, what do they do uh, with your man uh, Kingsbury? Not exactly goodbye. working out so well. I would say goodbye. What do you think? I would say goodbye. He was a stupid-ass hire from the beginning. You were throwing yeah. stuff at a wall, and it splattered. <laughs> Hasn't turned out well, although, I mean, last year, everybody thought they were great. Remember, we were talking, uh, you know, with with guys that we consider to be qualified experts on on the National Football League. It shows you that nobody knows anything uh, when it comes to uh, predicting the future. But uh, there were people, remember we asked that question of a million guys when when Arizona was like 9-1 and or 10-1, and whatever they were? Yes. And we said, hey, are the Cardinals for real? Because I see a lot of holes there. And everybody said, oh, no, no, they're for real. And then they lost like their next six. Yes, yes. <laughs> Your boy, Zach Wilson, is going to be taking a seat, huh? He's wow. fine, boy. Well, I love that they're like, they can't score. They're dreadful. And a lot of it's on him. And they're like, so do you think you're letting your offense down? Which obvi- I mean, your defense down, which obviously is. He's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> no he was horrible. We're doing I our mean, job. Second half of that game. <laughs> I think the Jets had 77 yards of total offense, which has to be some kind of a negative record, no? Yeah. Well, uh, but, but he was horrible. I mean, guys were wide open. Uh, oh, they and, were and open? missing them by a mile. Yeah. See, that's my thing. Like, I was going to say, they don't have Brees Hall. They, their offensive line had an issue. So maybe. Uh, he couldn't complete the simplest of passes. I'll and give that's... McCoy uh, credit. At, at least, you know, he, he was doing that little Brady thing for a while, and it was working the with the seven-yard pass over the middle yeah, yeah. consistently. Uh, and dumping it in there uh, in, in traffic and, and making some decent throws. But, uh, you know, that, that's going to wear out eventually. And, uh, and with uh, Zach Wilson, though, he had plenty of guys that, that he could have hit for first downs He's in, in key situations, which obviously in the second half, everything was a key situation when you had the ball. It's a 3-3 game. 
and missed them by miles. I mean, by miles and miles and miles. Why do I feel like singing the movie? <laughs> We're almost at Thanksgiving. That's, I never understood that traffic. I know people, like, I, the, the one-year wonder guy is always weird to me. Like, Justin Fields, I get it. The Ohio State quarterbacks haven't hit fine. But the dude, you could tell, had a lot of t- talent. Same thing with Trevor Lawrence. I didn't, the, the Trey Lance and the, and, the, uh, and the Wilson were two ones where I was like, okay. You know, like, and we're seeing. Well, I mean, you could have said that about Baker Mayfield. Uh, you know, it's well, possible. Although, well, at least Mayfield was good for two years. Like, Mayfield yeah. was really good for a long time at Oklahoma. And he's just as undersized. I, I don't know what his issue is. I actually thought he had a shot to make it in the pros. But I, I, Wilson isn't good. Like, I never understood Wilson flying no. up the draft boards and being. You took Wilson over Justin Fields. Like, come on. Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. I don't give a shit. If Fields flames out, fine. At least you went with the guy that looked really good. Like, Wilson is small, he's slight, uh, he was never very accurate, even at BYU, what is it, Utah or BYU, I guess BYU, even yeah. at BYU, he wasn't accurate, he just was the gunslinger guy, they love the the white guy that's a gunslinger, That that's like that 1978, it makes them uh, execs remember their youth, like, I don't give a shit if he's a white guy that who's a gunslinger. This guy is a freaking monster. <laughs> like Justin Fields is 6'3", 240, can throw, can run. Hello? Like, what are you talking about? Uh, Fields has demonstrated, you know, that he has possibilities yeah, in the least, last few I mean, weeks, although on. he was uh, injured. But, uh, oh, yeah, and with his running race. ability, and, and he can throw the ball a little yes, bit. Yes, better than Wilson. Ugh. Wilson looks horrible. Absolutely uh, horrendous. Uh, the Jets were eking out victories, uh, maybe in spite of Zach Wilson. Yes. But, uh, this game against the Patriots really exposed him for uh, all, all of the uh, negativity that uh, people have been, uh, you know, suspecting uh, what were eventually going to surface, all of the negativities. And it, it was ugly. So uh, Robert Sal is saying he's going to possibly bench the guy. Do, do you think he does? Does he actually pull the trigger on that? Or is Belichick the only guy with the balls <laughs> to make a move like that? I just don't I, We know with young quarterbacks, if you're going to tease something like Pete that. Pete Carroll also, you could say. Pete Carroll, same thing. I bench a guy and, and play somebody else that he thinks is better. And I guess it could be a motivator, but if he's not, I don't want to say man enough. I when they say that because women are very strong too. What was he number two overall? He was pick? a number two pick Woo. over Trey Lance Woo. and over Justin Fields in the same wow. class. And your boy Mac Jones. This is Blair Thomas all over again, isn't it? Except uh, he's a quarterback. Well, it's the Jets. Right. This is what they do. It's they just always a horrible pick. What do you mean the Ken O'Brien? They always get the wrong guy. Like that's that's what's weird. No. That's why when people make fun of Tua, I'm like Tua doesn't look bad. He just needs help. Wilson needs help and is bad. <laughs> like, if he's missing no, no, if Tua guys, was quarterbacking the Jets uh, in that ball game, they'd be winning they win games. Game. No doubt. They, they beat the Patriots with Tua quarterbacking. That's my over thing. Zach Wilson. No, no, Zach Wilson has less experience. Uh, maybe you would have said uh, last year uh, that Tua would have been uh, detrimental, and, and it seemed that way. He was getting poor coaching. I, I, I don't know that Robert Sala is uh, doing the kind of things uh, to uh, Zach Wilson. I, I think he's hoping that. It's Dusty Springfield time. He's wishing and hoping that the guy turns yep. out to be good. Yep. It wasn't like Brian Flores deciding oh. that, hey, I hate this quarterback, but I have to play him, <laughs> so uh, let me devise an offense that he's absolutely destined to fail him. Exactly. Exactly. And then on top of that, let me assemble the worst offensive line. Hey, Greer, can we get rid of the guy that can block and bring in somebody from UPS? Didn't you have a delivery today? Sign that guy. We'll put him out there at center. My God, the stuff that happens in sports. Uh, All right, uh, very interesting. John and Jimmy are going to join us for the Pigskin Playbook in yes. uh, about 15 minutes here on the show. So we have that to look forward to. We'll discuss a lot of things, uh, a lot of interesting uh, developments, college football as well, because uh, people get into that whole thing like every game is like a playoff game. Does USC 
It's just kind of interesting. Do they get beaten by Notre Dame in this final game of their regular I season? Not. They're, I mean, their defense is so dreadful. I wouldn't put it past them. And Notre Dame, as much as we talked Notre Dame playing way better football than yes. they were in the beginning of the year. I was way better. Say, as much as we talked about early on when they were losing to Marshall at home, uh, that's not the team they are now. And they actually play defense, and USC does not. Uh, USC hopes to get turnover. Yeah, but that's the thing. Even with the turnovers, they still give up 45 points. So, like, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I'm behind USC. Remember, I was the one all, before the season. I was like, we should keep an eye I, on I USC. I have a spot on my heart for USC. Well, you I actually really like do. them. Yeah. So yeah. I just, I don't know, man. It'll be, and I'd love to see them in the playoff over freaking two SEC teams again. I just, I don't know. The way that they struggled last week, it sort of scares me a little bit. I'm not going to lie. They used to have some monster defenses. I mean, uh, obviously, when you have guys like Ronnie Lott on there, even Jeff Fisher but, but was on some of those great Well, USC but even the Carroll years, Ray Maluga, like the Carroll years, oh. he's a defensive guy. Like, their defenses were great. The offenses got all the attention, but they're de- with Reggie Bush and Leonard and what, what was Lincoln Riley thinking when he, when he uh, you know, he's never good the at transfer defense. portal? He's never Not to get any defense. defensive players? Because their offense is dynamic, no question. Yes, and they have plenty of uh, people that can make plays. So obviously, they got 48 points there in UCLA. But um, did they lose to Notre Dame? Where is that game? Is that uh, at South Bend? If it I is, uh, that California. would make that a very, very annoying. challenging uh, proposition, I think, for the USC Trojans. And, you know, that that would be interesting because there's a lot of speculation that, uh, okay, that they win that. Who would they play then? Uh, Oregon in the uh, Pac-12 uh, championship game? Which would also be a tall assignment, even though uh, Oregon. Oh, it's a home game, game for USC. Oh, thank God, it's a home game for USC. Yeah. So that's possible. you really want to see USC in a final. Four, I want right? them in the playoff. I don't want because it's shaping up that they're going to find a way to get LSU or uh, well Tennessee losing is good or Alabama. Actually, Alabama's lingering. So they could find oh a way. Oh, my God. If they put Alabama in there, that's it. I'll never want them to come. <laughs> I mean, look, Oregon Oregon has their two losses now, and and LSU is probably going to lose to Georgia. The, the, unless Georgia tanks it because Georgia knows No guarantee on that. I, I wouldn't guarantee that Georgia victory would you. But that's worse, though. That's the thing. If LSU wins, that's their way to get LSU with two losses. Yes. But they're playing great now. Georgia, who only has one loss, then you get TCU will probably be undefeated. So that's my thing. If USC was sitting there waiting in the wings and the Ohio State-Michigan winner, if USC only has one loss and wins the Pac-12, then even whatever LSU does doesn't matter. You're, they're not going to jump a one-loss Pac-12 champion. But if they freaking lose Saturday, then it ruins everything because another two— Goes out the window, and yeah, that'll be four SEC teams. Yeah, exactly. That's their dream. Because they'll eliminate Michigan and Ohio State <laughs> exactly. for playing a stinker to a tie. Holy Bo Schembechler. Uh, you know. <laughs> I remember, uh, what was it? Was it uh, Michigan State and Notre Dame were playing a game? They were like one and two in a country. Oh, this was before any playoffs or anything time, like man. that uh, was taking place. Oh, a long, long time ago. I remember yeah. I was out playing football somewhere. And I didn't really follow college football. Growing up in New York, we no, weren't big Northeast. college football fans. So we didn't have college football to speak of. I mean, you know, you could say you know, Syracuse was it's a big Juice. team in New York State, but they're, they're five hours out in New York City. So we didn't give a flying one about college football when I was growing up. College hoops was big. But whereas uh, it, it's almost a non-entity here, uh, it, it was huge in New York. We followed uh, all of the teams, but didn't care that much about college football. But I remember uh, it was Michigan State and Notre Dame, and they were playing one versus two. And the game ended in a dreadful, I mean, just the most boring soccer-style 10-10 tie. Oh, Jesus. That, uh, you know, and, and I remember investing time watching in that game, watching that game, and I thought, wow, what a waste of three hours. <laughs> 
Let me see Satch Sanders chucking it out of the corner there for the Boston Celtics. Forget about this. That 12-footer was deadly from the baseline. All right, uh, we're going to come back with more. Uh, uh, we want to tell you about Hylia Park, though. And, yes, sir. Uh, great, great things. I mean, the holidays are coming up. Well, what's better than having a big bag of extra cash, Santa Claus? Brett? Exactly. For the holidays, right? Whether you're Jewish, uh, Hispanic, uh, whether you're Italian, it doesn't make any difference. You can go to Hylia Park and have a great time and have a chance to win. Yep. The uh, machines, I would have to say, you know, I, I'm not a big machine player. Uh, the Mustang got wiped out at uh, Harry's in Atlantic City. I mean, it was just a complete, uh, she, she had one little hit there. She was running around with a voucher. Look, look, I know how to play. My system is working. And I'm like, there is no system There's to slot machines system. except lose your money. Exactly. <laughs> For the occasional jackpot, believe me, they're going to grind you down to a nub by the time we keep accepting these trips. I'm okay with it because <laughs> I, I have my own good time. But, uh. If you think you have a system to beat slot machines, unless you have magnets in your fingernails, <laughs> you're fucked. But not at Hylia Park. No. Uh, at Hylia Park, man, guys are winning jackpots all the time. I saw another guy take one down for nine grand. It was like a casual thing, just like a one, two, three, four. Gave him $9,100 bucks wow. right there at the machine. Nice. Whew, nice stack. Nice stack of sticks. That's the way to do it. So uh, if you want to be in a winning environment, it's Hylia Park. The uh, casino is great. They have big jackpot payouts all the time. Poker Room is extremely well run, as we often say. A very professional job there, right from the get-go. They had the right people in place there. Champion simulcasting room with all of the thoroughbred racing. A perfect place to punch away. You have special events coming up. February, they have another boxing show, and uh, that's going to be a beauty. Because, wow, a lot of young Cuban defector talent that they featured on these cards there with Leon Margulies and Louis DeCubis. Really starting to make some breakthroughs there. And you're going to get to see a lot of those guys uh, not only showcase, but in competitive matches when that happens in February. So uh, 2023 is going to be a big year at Hylia Park. They always do the right thing. Great food and drink all over the place. Not at ballpark prices. You're not getting cremated. They're not going to charge you $32 oh, no. for a small dish of lobster mac and cheese like they did at Gordon Ramsay's. <laughs> Come on, Gordo. Oh, my God. I was tempted to waltz back into the kitchen and fire that at the chef. <laughs> hey, chef. <laughs> 32 bucks for this? What, are you kidding me? God. It's time that people spoke up. Uh, but uh, you don't have to worry about any of that in Hylia Park because you're just in there to have a good time, and that's what they want you to do, and they make sure that you're going to be given every opportunity to have a great chance and not only win money but to uh, party your eyeballs out, uh, whether you're talking about the weeknights when they're open till 3 a.m., weekends when they're open till 5 a.m., Going to be a great holiday schedule as well of all kinds of great things happening in there. And I uh, always have uh, terrific things for the family. I mean, they, they, they just do it all at Hylia Park, and they, they do, do it right. Uh, terrific rewards program. Get yourself a player's card uh, as soon as you walk in there. And if you have a player's card from another gambling uh, institution or uh, entity, trade it right in, and your status immediately will be the same. So uh, that's a great consideration to give you at beautiful Hylia Park. All right, coming back with more in a moment here on the Defo Show. It's a Tuesday, two days out from Thanksgiving. Yes, sir. And uh, very much looking forward to that. They're going over to uh, my son's house. He's, nice. Uh, cooking up a turkey. The kid's a pretty good chef on top of many other talents that he exhibits. And uh, should be a, a nice family gathering. I'm hoping everybody else is looking forward to uh, much of the same. And uh, it's only a couple of days away now, which uh, the countdown is on. Yes, uh, but we're going to uh, stick with it right, right, right through and, and have big things happening tomorrow as well on the show with uh, both uh, the Trivia Challenge with uh, Dave Gurgles Gurgly, Hylia Park Trivia Challenge, and Old School with Tony Segreto. Where, where's Tony spending Thanksgiving? I would imagine Vermont. I think he's no? up there. Not... Yeah, his kids uh, go up there. Or his son comes up from Atlanta. His daughter comes, is it down or up? I yeah. guess up. 
Whatever. Yeah, it's uh, all up. From, yeah. from unless you're like yeah, Bernie Sanders, I guess they up. both go up because he's in Vermont, and they go yeah. up to the cabin and they have a, a free a freezing Thanksgiving. I guess. <laughs> how, did, uh, how did Tony become this country boy, man? What, what I, I don't here? know. I, he loves the the solitude and all that crap. I could do like three days of it, and I'm like, all right, let's go back to people. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look, a bird. Wow. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to live like that. Once in a while, it's good, right? But uh, you know, I need action. That's why, you know, people always say, hey, you know, you can move to, like, Melbourne and uh, hang out here. I got friends up there. And that's nice. They love it, right? Well, I'm like, eh, that's not for me, man. I don't know. I need action. I, I need things going on. I, I got to be, be in a place where there are people and they're doing stuff and there's a vibe. And, and I, that's another good reason to get down to Hylia Park. All right, uh, coming back, uh, John and Jimmy going to join us in just a few minutes here on the show. I'm Jeff DeForest. He is Mike Luby Lubitz. That hour went by quickly. All I did was complain about soccer. I know. I loved it. You made me, did I, did I sound funny. bitter about it? No. I, oh, yeah, I, I you hate it. I, I don't hate it like you do. I can I, see I don't hate it. I, I just I, I think it's it. a stupid game. I really do. <laughs> I, I think it's just dumb. <laughs> Dumb game. I would never want to play it. I like soccer. I just, I think they they could tweak it, but they don't care. Whenever I bring it up to a real soccer person, who are you, American, to ruin our game? I'm like, ruin your game. Wouldn't it make it better if there was a little more scoring? Like, I don't need to be 20 to 15, but like, you know, 6 to (laughs) 4. It's not even the scoring so much. There's no action. Action. Like, more more something. Like, I don't know. The ball just goes back and forth. It's like you're passing, you know, when a, a balloon is being, or like a beach ball is going through the yep, crowd yep, yep. at a ball game. And, you know, everybody, ah. that's kind of what it looks like to me. Just a, a beach ball is flying around the field there. And they got like, how many guys are on each team? 11? 11 on 11, I think. Playing? I think it's 11 it? on 11, yeah. I think. I, I'll, that I'll that includes that. the goaltender? Yeah, it may be wrong. I'm doing football. I know. It doesn't matter. They could football. put 50 guys out there. They should have more players on the field. <laughs> Just put 50 on his side. Well, I just play dodgeball. That, that would be more fun. It's watch, 11. It? It's 11. So I was 11. Right. That's yeah. what I thought. All right. It's funny, though. It, it is true. Chadwick was right. Your friend Blake? Yeah. yeah, he's uh, yeah my friend, friend, too. He's a friend. Yeah, he's a friend. He said it's every four years, yes, people in the United States pretend they're interested in soccer and act like this is a great game. And it's not. <laughs> it's not. It's a dumb game. <laughs> there are games that are dumb, and this is one of them. <laughs> You think Kanjemi uh, played any soccer while he was at St. Thomas? I don't think so. No, no. I mean, I'm sure he played in his life. He's close to my generation, but like for you, it was a punishment. For my age, we played soccer, but you know, it was like down on the totem pole. It was like the fourth or fifth sport that we. By the way, I know this answer. Okay. Because I've been in this situation that John was in. I'm watching TV last night, and uh, they came on the uh, CBS Sportscast. With a little Dolphins uh, bye week uh, aftermath and preview of what's coming up. And, and, you know, naturally, John was his usual intelligent, concise self. But he was standing next to Kim Bocamper. Now, John's not a small guy. He played quarterback in the pros. No, he's and, not a small guy. Uh, he looked like a Lilliputian next to well, Bocamper. Bocamper's like one of those dudes that, like, he's huge. To this day, he walks anywhere. He's just like a yeah. freaking monster of a man. Like maybe a Shaq is the one guy that's like a bigger. But like Bo walks around. I, I interviewed around. Shaq uh, once uh, on a live TV show, uh, and, and I was standing up. I, I was assigned. Uh, th- this was uh, at the Hard Rock, and uh, my, my job was to uh, find celebrities in the crowd. And uh, you know anybody, if it was boxers, great. But they really wanted to uh, you know kind of show that a lot of different types uh, came, and that this was a big celebrity. Uh, you know, driven event. 
Yeah. So Shaq, Shaq's in the crowd, right? So naturally, uh, you know, they, they say, yeah, hey, go, Shaq, go, go yeah. get Shaq, right, yeah. between fights here. And I have never felt so small as standing next to Shaq. <laughs> With a microphone, literally. Oh, like he actually stood up? You had him standing up? Oh, no. I was standing up, and he was standing up. Oh, Jesus. We were standing up by the <laughs> ring. Like and uh, I'm looking, uh, you know, and, and you're thinking, shoot, I should be thinking of the next question. But I'm thinking, how fucking tall is this guy? <laughs> and I, I, I had been around Shaq before. I mean, I had been around him, of course, when he was with the Heat. And I told you, I had that one uh, experience with Shaq when I used to fly to New Orleans every week to do some... This was ahead of its time, some handicapping show that was on like a local cable service. And uh, I had this uh, deal where they, they flew me every Friday morning to New Orleans. And I was back like that afternoon. I didn't get to see any of New Orleans. And a car picked me up at the airport. It was real, you know, I mean, I almost felt like Matt Lauer before the sex <laughs> allegations. But, you know, they pick you up at the airport in a the limo. They, they take you straight to the studio. Uh, they were ready to go. Like the minute I got there, we were ready to sit down and do the thing. And I had to go. Zipping right back to the airport to catch like a one o'clock flight. But I, I was on the plane and, and nobody took this flight. It was like 630 in the morning uh, to New Orleans out of Miami airport. And there was Shaq. Oh, and he was the only other guy, really. I mean, there were like two other people on the whole plane. Oh, wow. So I, and I spent a long time not talking to Shaq. This was, you know, prior to him uh, even going to the Lakers. He, he was just kind of beginning his uh, pro career. His ascent. And um, couldn't have been any nicer of a guy. Very down to earth. You know, uh, considering, no, no, maybe that changed some. It didn't seem to, right? No, Shank no, he was always cool. I, I yeah. mean, the knock on him was you couldn't understand what the fuck he was saying. That was my only issue with Shaq. I well, remember... he did that deliberately, though. <laughs> Just so he was like, like Benicio Del Toro in The Usual Suspects. <laughs> he deliberately invented a language that nobody could understand. <laughs> no, because he didn't want people bugging him in the locker room. So he would go, <laughs> it was like Belichick, right? And Belichick knows what he's doing. Oh well, Belichick's he does all of that stuff yeah. deliberately so he could walk out of the press guy. Hey, you don't want to sit there and answer like Barry Jackson's questions, right? On that third and one, coach, do you really think he wants to sit there and scrutinize himself in front of a bunch of people that he, you know, I don't know, considers to be uh, somewhat of a public nuisance, right? The media, 100%. yes. <laughs> Is that what we are? <laughs> Whatever. Okay, so the question of the day is, and you guys answered this on the chat line, and, and maybe you think it's really, you know, a borderline, uh, you know, poor material, but is the game of soccer very much like getting a bad blowjob? <laughs> I guess if you're a woman, you could say, you know, I mean, and, and there are many guys. Yeah, guys know, probably uh, are bad at oral. The you know, art of uh, You can be bad at oral right? if you're a guy, yeah, yeah 100%. That's Look, not an easy in the thing. beginning, who's good at that? I nope. was going to say, that's not an easy thing. Right? <laughs> as a, as you a man, you probably... little thing you're trying to find in there attacked. with a magnifying glass. Uh, where, where is it, everybody? <laughs> this G-spot. What, what is this G-spot you speak of? <laughs> well, you're certainly not on it there <laughs> Wait, with your coarse, rasp-filed tongue, DeForest. Women aren't helpful at all. <laughs> Nothing. No, that's they won't the help problem. you. They're not helpful. Move. Make sure you can't find it. <laughs> it's and it's tucked you. away on top of it. Man. Everything with a guy is right out there in the open. It's like a male dog pees, right? Sticks a leg up, and there it is. There's a fire hydrant in a tree. Nice job, Skippy. Good job. Female? Oh, my God. I'm glad Ken Jemmy isn't here for any of this. <laughs> Should we ask him? I don't know. We don't, we don't want to offend No, he's more. That's who's stand-up of a guy. Yeah, that's now. <laughs> Okay, well, well, that'll be a separate hour. Uh, what we do? Yes, very, very, very. 
<laughs> Although I think John is leaning towards, you know, he, he would lean towards having a good time with this stuff. He has about, fun, but, yeah. you know, Big Chill is sure very respectable, his, uh, responsible business. Yeah. Let's, you know. I don't expect them to go on them. Finsiders and say, hey, they call this football. <laughs> it's more like a bad blowjob. And then Bo Camper looks <laughs> down on him and says. Dolphins pregame ever. <laughs> it certainly draws some attention. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's tough to do those pregame shows because there's not much new to say. There really isn't. I've done a zillion of them. Well, four, four hours, hours before every Dolphin game. Like Imagine it. that. 16 times a year, four hours before every Dolphin game. You didn't have to worry about the postseason once Marino retired. Yeah. So you know it was only 16 games. But, uh, I mean, you're out of material an hour of one uh, of day, no uh, day number one. Well, you know what? If they can run the ball. <laughs> okay. If they can run the ball, then they won't have to pass as much. Thank you. There you go. <laughs> That's good stuff, man. Uh, that will enhance your enjoyment of the game. All right. We have John Jimmy coming up. It, yes, it's a pigskin playbook brought to you by Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill. Yes. Jimmer all over the media with the book out swagger. Yes. And, of course, so, you know, we're, we're going to get down there. I was envisioning it today, what it was going to be like to be down there at uh, Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill. We can't wait to get down there and talk to Jimmy. And, uh, you know, it, it might be appropriate if we do it right before the playoffs. I was going to say December, actually, with all that's been going on. Yeah. Does that give you crap? It would have been really hard for me to get down Holiday there. Holiday cheer. But it would be a lot weather. easier for me to get down there. Yeah, if we can do it. Everybody else around the country is freezing their fanny off. Yeah. We're there in Key, uh, Key Largo, just enjoying ourselves with a cocktail. Yeah, sir. And having a good time talking to Jimmy Johnson. All right, uh, we're coming back with John in a moment. Now that. You know, if you're successful passing the ball, Libby, might not have to use the run again. It's uh, 8.04. Play the ponies in style at Champions, the outstanding simulcasting room at beautiful... Hylia Park's sizzling hot casino. Get a player's card when you walk through the door for all kinds of generous amenities, including our favorite, free play. When you come out to the ultimate casino and entertainment destination, Hylia Park. Hey folks, Tony Segretto here. You know, since day one, Catholic Health Services has been part of old school. And since we've started letting people know about them, it's changed their lives. You see, Catholic Health Services, while being recognized as one of the top places for stroke rehab in the country, it's also about a group of people who not just excel in what they do, from the doctors to the nurses to the therapist, on and on and on. It's how they do what they do every single day that separates them from the pack. They do it with a passion, unmatched, and the inclusion of family in every step of the process. Trust me when I tell you this, if you want the best unmatched rehab with a special group of skilled, caring people. There is truly only one place, and that one place is Catholic Health Services. These days, we're all looking for comfort anywhere we can find it. Thank goodness for Landlubbers, Raw Bar and Grill in the plantation location because they are making sure you are as comfortable as possible. First of all, they're not only open for delivery and pickup. All you have to do is go to landlubbersbarandgrill.com for both pickup and free delivery. Their hours have changed a little bit. Monday through Thursday from 3.30 to 10. And Friday, Saturday, and Sunday from 11.30 to 10. You're going to have the best wings in the world. You're going to have a great burger. You're going to have their amazing soups. Again, Landlubbers Raw Bar and Grill. It's nice and easy. Just go to landlubbersbarandgrill.com for both your pickup and free delivery. Thank goodness for Landlubbers for making you always feel right at home. We welcome to the show John Jemmy 
who joins us for Dateline Dolphins. Uh, John, how are you, my friend? Depot, I'm doing well, and that's not the only thing that's going to reach a new height. I'll be at about 220, 225 after this football season if we visit too much. (laughs) Down at uh, Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill. Grab a bagel and a schmear, plus some Depot and Luby. Welcome back to the Depot Show. All right, welcome back to the show. Uh, A little transition here as uh, we feature uh, the Pigskin Playbook with. uh, I mean, uh, you talk about uh, getting a dose of respect into what otherwise was a show that was off the rails. <laughs> uh, we bring in uh, the great John Kachemi. And, and John, I, I, I felt uh, like I was walking in your shoes last night. I turned on TV. I don't know if you were listening to the show earlier. Uh, and there you are in uh, CBS. I'm always watching the CBS News. Uh, I know Jim Barry was a big fan of ours. And, uh, you know, I, I enjoy their broadcast. I think they do a very professional job. And then on the sports, I mean, they have good guys, and and you're part of it now, part of that package. And they say, we're going to have our Dolphin preview coming up here with John Kajemi and Kim Camper. And, and I know, I mean, you're, you're a decent-sized guy. I mean, it's not like, uh, you know, you were one of those uh, uh, Pat Hayden type of quarterbacks. I mean, you, that was never in question. Like, oh, geez, Kajemi, he's too small to play the position. And uh, I've stood next to Kim Camper. And I, I could not believe how he dwarfed you on that shot. And uh, I, I, it's sort of imposing, is it not? I mean, standing like next I'm... to Bo Camper in any situation, but especially like on TV when uh, they say, uh, you know, okay, uh, John uh, and Kim, what, what do you think? And then you have to like, uh, <laughs> yeah, like he's supposed to look. I'll strain your neck to talk to this guy eyeball to eyeball. I went. But I've been the there. Cover... I've been there. I went to the chiropractor right after that shot. Um, yeah, it, it, it hey, is Bo. a bit imposing. You know, it's funny when Kim puts his arm around you. It, yeah, that's that's the death move right there. Yes, you like that's it. why he like was he's ranked, tapping you on the shoulder with his sword. I mean, that's <laughs> why he was ranked 498th in the in the world of professional, professional wrestling. wrestling. <laughs> Still one of my favorite Kim Bo Camper moments because uh, I, I had the wrestling magazine. And we were on the air. I was doing one of those like nine hour pregame shows. And we were in the uh, booth there at the uh, Dolphins radio booth at, at uh, what is now Hard Rock Stadium. And, you know, we're just killing time there. I mean, we're like two hours into this thing. We've already run through everything that could possibly happen in the game. And I'm coming through this magazine and I see him ranked. <laughs> Four, I think it was 490. Yeah, it might have been 498 out of 500 yeah, they, wrestlers. They, they had the top, the top 500, 500 wrestlers ever. Yeah. <laughs> That was the joke. He's in the top 500. And that was all based on that uh, footies wingding <laughs> where uh, I believe your man, Marino, uh, had him set up yes. uh, to take a fall against like a, a, a real ringer. Uh, they, they brought in some guy and they, they dressed him as a rabbi and it turned out he was a real professional wrestler, I think. <laughs> and they shoved Kim out there and the next thing you know, he was in a snap mare. <laughs> It was ugly, but uh, you know, it's good seeing you on the tube by yesterday. You look great as always, and, and it's good to have you on the program today. And, uh, you know, where do you stand with the anatomy of a bye week? Uh, you know, you, you had nothing to react to from last week, except, you know, I, unfortunately the Bills managed to uh, come back and, and win that game. But uh, here are the Dolphins atop the uh, AFC East, and they have a stinking team coming in here, uh, the Houston Texans, who, who were showing a little bit of fight, even though they were like 1-7-1. and one. Uh, earlier uh, this year, I don't know what they are now. One eight and one, I guess. Yeah, uh, but yeah, but uh, they got trounced by the Commanders, who I, I think have been one of the surprise teams in the NFL. But uh, there wasn't too much to say. I mean, uh, you would anticipate it's a twelve point line that that this was going to be a fairly easy eighth victory for the Miami Dolphins. It should be. You know, the last time the Dolphins were favored this much, it was over 
the Houston Texans in their inaugural year, and I think they beat the Miami Dolphins back in 2000. They did, yeah. In fact, that was a great yes. occurrence for me. That, that was their That's second a, year yeah. of the uh, Texans. Jay Fiedler like threw that, a pick right? at the Way end of the game. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm sure you had you had something on the line there on that on that. Play well, it, it was huge. I'm just guessing. Yeah, I, I was in one of those. Uh, they they used to call them suicide pools, uh, but uh, yeah, I guess that, yeah. that's not not in vogue anymore. To Survivor, refer to it, so what do they call it? Elimination pools. All right, so uh, that week that that was the biggest spread on the board. It was the opening day, and the Dolphins were at home, and they were favored like by like 13, 14 points. And uh, Houston beat them straight up. And, and of the, I think there were like 68 people in the pool, uh, 63 of them ha- had uh, the Dolphins as their pick because right. they just wanted to get through week one. Survivor pool, they call it now. Yeah, yes. survivor and, pool. Uh, there you go. So it was great. I, I, I was cut loose. I took the Bears and they eked out a victory because uh, we just figured, okay, everybody's going to have this game. Let's hope they lose. And it was one of those deals where I'm at the stadium, sort of representing the Dolphins. I'm going to do the post-game show. I'm going into the locker room after the game. I'm down on the field. And as I see the guy intercept Fiedler and come back for a score, I quietly turn to the poly man and go, nice pick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and then, then we went on to win the pool, which was great. That's awesome. So you know, I do remember that distinctly. That, that's a good feeling to have. And I'm sure the Dolphins are going to have a good feeling going in coming off the bye week because they've been really good since Tua came back from being in concussion yep. protocol and from the Won injury. I don't think, I don't think he's thrown a, an interception since um, they've punted just three times over the last couple of weeks. They That's didn't crazy. punt against the Cleveland Browns, which is the fifth time, just the fifth time in, in franchise history that they've done H- that history. Wow. Yeah. And it, it hasn't happened since 2003. So it's one of those things where the Dolphins on offense, you feel like they're going to score points. They're going to do what they need to do. And I think the defense is starting to come around. You know, five times this season, they've held the opposition to under 200 yards passing. So, you know, you miss Byron Jones, but do you really miss him now? You know, with uh, young guys coming on the scene, you know, Kohu and and Crossan and, and Bethel, these guys are coming in and playing opposite X and they're doing a really good job. Linebackers, you got a thumper in the land and Roberts and you've got the equalizer and in, in Jerome Baker. And now you've got, even though you lose Ogba for the season, you get, you know, you get Chubb in a position where you match him up with Phillips and Ingram and Wilkins on the inside with Sealer, and you can put, throw Van Ginkle in there. This team's loaded with, with talent. It's just not, it's just not guys, you know, you're crossing your fingers when they get their reps that you're hoping they do a good job. They're all impact players. And week in and week out, you match up this roster against who they're going up against. Most of the time, you're going to take the Dolphins. Well, let me ask you because, I mean, you played into the pros, high school, college. A bye week, a lot of the time a bye week can hurt because you have momentum going, but we have seen the Dolphins have some injury issues. A guy like Byron Jones, who they're really hoping to get back in December. Um, uh, in the offensive line, they've had some injury issues to himself, you know. So for a team like this that was rolling, and they were rolling, they were playing as good as anyone in football, and they finally saw that compliment from their defense, is a bye week a good or a bad thing? I think it's 50-50, and it it all depends on the the timing in the pass offense. I I think the offensive line has done a really good job with the guys that they've and, and they've been playing better. They've been yep, getting yep. to the second level. And you've seen, you know, the addition of Wilson added with Mostert yep. gives you so much speed 
that they're getting to the second level. So it's a compliment to the play action pass and what two has been able to do on the outside with Hill and Waddle and the rest of the crew here field. They, they've done a nice job of complimenting each other over the past month, especially the last couple of weeks since Wilson has been here yep. because he seems like he's a guy that you can't really contain. Mostert's going to hit that one or two runs a game, but this guy gives you consistency with speed and a, he's a, he finishes runs yep. as well. He can make you miss or run over you. So those are the traits you like to see. I, I just think it's more about Tua and, and Tyreek really. Um, can they, can they come back and, and continue on? Like the, the bye week was never here. I think those are the things you, you, you cross your fingers about because sometimes when you have such fast guys and you're in a rhythm, it doesn't matter if they take the proper steps or go the right depth or come out of the break just the way you want to, because he's created so much room for the thrower mm. to put the ball anywhere close. And he's going to come up with the catch. Yeah. Now you're a week off. Does that gap? widen with his mistakes on the route or shortening of a route or going too long and, and the timing in the pocket has been so good the ball's been out quickly is somebody cut free does somebody impede that that process and now you got to kind of go back and say all right who is it the quarterback is it the receiver is it the line you haven't had those problems you haven't had to worry about anything really on offense call a play and, and let it fire mcdaniel's had you know free reign to go over his 24 plays that they that they rep during the week that they have on a script and he can deviate from it he can stick to it it really doesn't matter because they've been scoring they haven't really punted the football as i said so they've been calling plays and they've been executing you just hope that it's close to that because if it is you know going down the the stretch of the season with seven games left majority of them on the road you have to you know pack your defense on the road but you also have to get first downs and those are the things, you, you know, you cross your fingers that they continue to happen for the Miami Dolphins. McDaniel continues to be, and maybe even widens the gap as a departure between uh, any prototypical head coach in, in terms of approach that we see in the National Football League. Uh, I believe he compared the bye week. I, I don't know if uh, you guys uh, were playing this clip at all, uh, but uh, I think that's where I saw it. Uh, he compared the bye week. People ask him the same question Louie just posed to you. Uh, is it beneficial or not? And he said, it's kind of like uh, looking at a lottery ticket when you don't want to know what the winning numbers are. Yeah. Do you have a winner or not? But well, well, we don't know. And I'm thinking, well, that's a strange response, but I do appreciate the gambling <laughs> reference there uh, by McDaniel. It, it seems like, as you said, though, what, John, that, that the, the defense has gotten better in spite of the fact that they've had, uh, you know, problems with personnel and haven't really, uh, you know, put together the guys on the field that, you would have anticipated they would have liked to at the beginning of the season with, with Byron Jones being one of those guys. And they've had other guys uh, injured and, and uh, compromised uh, like the X-Man. And so, you know, they, they've, they've managed though to, to get better defensively or so it seems. I, and I don't know that they're just playing poor teams so much. Well, uh, they've been able to stifle everybody in this four game stretch, which uh, was so critical after they dropped to three and three. It has to do a little bit about their their competition, but remember Detroit and Chicago. Detroit could score. score. Those were one score games, you yeah. know, in teams that you felt like when you look at them on paper, we should beat this team. We should beat this team by double digits. You know, they're not going anywhere. We are. Um, and, and same way with the Cleveland Browns. You know, they come out with an opening kickoff around the fifty yard line, go right down the field and score at seven nothing, and you're thinking, oh no, not the Cleveland Browns. 
and then you know kind of settle in yep. and and the dolphins talent take over and at some point you know you can score a lot of points on offense but you got to shut them down on defense as well and i i think some of those young guys that i mentioned that are playing in unison you know with x on one side and holland and Rowe, uh now that byron jones uh you know might be in the mix later um I don't know. I don't even know if they, if the Dolphins, you always could need a, a player of the caliber of that. Yeah. But if he's going to take a while to get in rhythm, mm-hmm. hey, we're already in rhythm on, on the outside. Yeah. I, I think they're going to go with the guys that have got him there. And I don't know if he's even going to be available come the month of December. You're hoping he is because it gives you another player to throw out there on defense. But right now, he's probably the least of the Dolphins' worries. John Kajemi with us here on the program, the Pigskin Playbook, brought to you by Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill. That's mile marker 104, the overseas highway in Key Largo. All right, so I'm getting on the uh, Alta Conquer flight out of Atlantic City, and uh, I'm boarding the plane. Uh, the Mustang, and, and we don't normally do this, but uh, she actually requested, and we were willing to pay for this, uh, a seat change because there was a rather rotund woman who also had uh, an unfortunately distinct odor. And she was in the aisle seat. Mustang would have been stuck in the middle. She had already, at the minute we got off the plane coming there, you have the same seats coming and going on this charter flight. Oh, really? Oh, no, the no. Same seats, right? They just, like it's good in, in some ways, but it wasn't in this case because of this uh, sort of, you know, horrendous situation with this, uh, you know, it looked like a sumo wrestler, this woman. I, I'll, I'll, you know, don't want to be too delicate about it. And, and, and as I said, she could have used like a breath mint and a deodorant. Uh, it would have been great. So she'd already told me as soon as we got, you know, a deep plane, the Mustang turns to me and goes, you have the middle seat on the way back. <laughs> so so we, we changed seats. And the reason I bring this up is because I was on the plane. And, uh, you know, so now I'm, I'm in the window. And this woman is not only in the aisle seat, but she's also now encompassing most of the middle seat, <laughs> even though the Mustang's not there. <laughs> so I, I had to reach for my phone uh, just before we take off. And I, I see there's a text there, and it's from Jim Sarney. And he asked me if I could, if I was still in Atlantic City, if I could bet 20 bucks on him or for him for the Dolphins to win the Super Bowl. Oh, Jesus. Now, $20 investment there. I yeah, mean, they're fine. not going to, you know, break a guy like Sarney. I, I think he was the heir to a uh, gigantic fortune from some uh, dry cleaning business in uh, New England. But, uh, and, and, you know, he made plenty of money as a journalist himself. I mean, it's certainly I was capable say, of I think he did his, himself. Made his own work. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he did <laughs> he well. Was, he he read books and papers and everything. <laughs> But was that $20 going to be misguided, in your opinion? Or uh, would you not say it it was at least worth a slight shot, John Kajemi, at this point? I I think it's worth a slight shot. Uh, You look at the teams in the AFC East. You know, if the Jets win the game, they're in first place against New England. They didn't, they're in last place. So it's it's a one, one and a half, one and a hook game, you know, in, in the East. But as you look at the conference... Kansas City, yeah, they're still probably, you know, the team to beat. Buffalo, they've had some warts over the last couple of weeks, but they're they're kind of finding their way around. It all comes down for the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, they have, you know, they have Houston this week where they got to take care of business at home. Then that they have should, three road games. That should games. put us at eight, by the way. Yes, that's a good schedule. schedule. It's, should, very right. significant. It's, yes. it's very significant. I don't want to, you know, don't make that a yeah. moot point. That's a big, that's a big hurdle yeah. to climb for the Dolphins. But they go on the road to San Fran, who looks the part. They look yeah. a little better. Yeah. They, look they, look, scary, yeah. they look better, right? The Chargers, it could be hit or miss. I, I don't know. 
They're either going to score some points, it'll be competitive, or the Dolphins are going to roll. Suspect you know, defense so with the Their Chargers. Defense yeah. is weird. Like I don't get it. They have so much talent. I just I thought they were going to be a better team. Injuries but, uh, really yeah, have uh, yeah. hurt them. But the season is going to come down to the AFC East. You've got yeah. Buffalo on the road. Cold weather could be, you know, terrible environment. Yeah. Uh, you've got New England on the road. And then the Jets come here yeah. the, the final week. Now, the, the worst thing that could happen to the Jets for the Dolphins is if they bench the rookie quarterback. <laughs> because then wow, he was horrible. a chance. Did you watch you, that? You, yeah, I watched a lot of it. Wow. And it was it was just a you know, three three punt fest back and forth, back and forth. I was surprised the Jets didn't run the football to to, to see if Belichick still would have made them punt or they would have just said, you know what, let's just get to the overtime. Um, yeah. but they end up punting the football and and the rest is history for the Jets. But I, those three games will determine where the Dolphins are seated. I I believe, you know, are they do they host a game? If they host a game, enormous. If they go have to go on the road in a cold weather environment again, let's go back and, and retrace to see how they did in Buffalo, how they did in New England, because notoriously the Dolphins don't play well in those spots. So the next, uh, yeah, the next revolution in America, by the way, John, is not going to happen if Trump gets reelected and, and you know, people start storming a Capitol building on a daily basis. Uh, it's going to be uh, people revolting against the, the NFL and their relation with FanDuel if they continue to have just blind and inconsistent officiating. Because uh, on, on that punt return, there's a clear block in the back. I have never seen such a clear example of it. as uh, And the last potential tackler where it stopped this guy into 16 uh, gets taken out from behind by a Patriot uh, special teams player. And uh, and then the guy waltzes in and scores. Now, all right, you're watching a dreadful game. You're thinking, okay, thank God it's over. I, I don't have to go to overtime. But if you were betting the game, it was an entirely different story. Because right. if they call that penalty, then uh, now Nick Falk, who had already missed two uh, you know, medium-range field goals, uh, A, is going to have to go out there and kick a field goal because there was no time left at that point. There were like five seconds left to go in a ball game. And uh, so if he misses that, now you're in overtime if you're a Jet fan in a significant game in terms of the standings. And as you said, very impactful on all of the dynamics of what's going to happen in the postseason to many teams, possibly. And, uh, you know, at the worst, if you're a better, he kicks the field goal and you're, you're you know, exuberant about the fact that uh, and exhilarated by the fact that you covered three and a hook with the Jets. So, I, I, I mean, that was appalling to me. I, how? How can they, uh, you know, continue uh, to, uh, you know, be in the gambling business if they're going to have, uh, you know, that kind of inconsistency in officiating is what we talked about, you know, all of the roughing the passer. But th- this happened in plain sight in front of everybody. And that the announcers, was, they, they skipped it. I don't know how you would have felt I, you know, uh, what your there, approach there's another been. crew. There's another crew that skipped a call completely. Yeah. That game w- was it was definitely a block in the back. Yeah. Announcers don't say anything. Nothing. Touchdown. Game's over. New England wins. Illinois at Michigan, it's it's fourth and three. Michigan's got the ball. They run a rub pick play. Oh, it was an offensive in front of the Michigan oh, yeah. bench. Like blatant. The the Michigan wide receiver is blocking two defenders from the Illini <laughs> down the field. Down the, the back field. goes into, yeah, right off the ball down the field five five to seven yards off the ball. The back goes into the flat. They complete the pass. Uh, I can't. I think it was Blackledge and. Um, and uh, oh, it does reflect. Gotcha. God, I can't think. Oh, is it? Is it yeah. um, I don't know. 
The guy from Boston. I was going to say, what's it? The legendary announcer's yeah. son, McDonough, right? Sean McDonough. Doesn't McDonough. Sean yeah, McDonough. Yeah, yeah. Sean McDonough. So Sean yeah. and, and Todd are doing the game. They don't say a word. See, I, and, and so you, let me ask you, you you've done it. broadcasting for years. Yeah. Will they tell you don't talk about refs? Is that something that's ever discussed? Because no, announcers never, never talk about the refs. And I, I'm never. like, come on. Like, who cares? That's never. I've never had a producer, director, a VP ever come up and that's say, what you're there for is uh, is to make these comments. They do that all the time no? and i don't get it yeah well i'm sure everybody at home you know if you're it didn't really if you're a michigan fan you didn't say anything but you know <laughs> yeah. illinois fan you're 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 on your couch or your chair you're going oh that's coming back there's no doubt and and it's funny because uh bielema the head coach put it out on twitter i think you know later that day saying this is was not called you know, and he was, he gave the officials uh, all an earful, you know, going off. But, you know, all they're going to do is go, yeah, you were right on Monday. When they send the clip in, they send yeah. it back. Oh, we're wrong. You were right, but you could have cost us the game. <laughs> exactly. There are always things of that nature that will be discussed after, uh, you know, a- a- any sporting competition, and especially seems uh, so in, in football. Uh, you know, and, and the tough part about that is it's just like a guy that's blowing balls and strikes all night and then calls a guy out on a pitch that he'd been calling a ball all night long. And, and you know, you see the batter uh, turns around and he's living. Uh, manager gets thrown out of the game. But, uh, you know, if, if you're going to call some of this, you know, really borderline stuff early in ball games, uh, you, you can't let go of the blatant stuff at the end. And, and, and that's the thing that, you know, I think fans, even, you know, I mean, honest fans will, will look and say, hey, you know what, it happened with the Dolphins a couple of times. Uh, yeah. again, I guess Chicago. it was two weeks back. Yeah. Chicago, where they yeah. just benefited. I mean, from both calls uh, that one yeah. that wasn't made and one that was, uh, you know, on a pass interference situation. And, you know, you're thinking, Hey, if you're going to call like, like suspect, uh, penalties, uh, early in the game, then you can't let this blatant stuff go uh, late in the ball game, especially, I mean, it's magnified by the fact that that, that was not only a huge differential in the overall scheme of the uh, national football league playoff and uh you know standings and dynamics but i mean it killed a lot of betters it really yeah. did and it benefited some but uh you know it's like a bad call at the track where you know you've seen a horse taken down for uh you know the same type of foul a million times and then they let one go and you're like okay the stewards were probably punching tickets right after the race <laughs> on that hey hey uh you know is pittsburgh gonna ruin Miami's season and chance to go to a ball game Coming in, aren't they coming into town this week? Pittsburgh? They, play they each are. Other. Is uh, it here? I wasn't Saturday sure. Saturday night. I think it's Saturday night, eight o'clock. Now, now, are you being honored at halftime uh, by <laughs> Stephen Ross? No, by Stephen Ross. Like, like, yeah. I mean, you could be Tim Tebow in this situation. <laughs> by Stephen that, Ross. That's right. <laughs> the only problem is Stephen Ross wouldn't have any idea who I am. I've worked there for I don't know. Oh, really? You don't recognize uh, your no. great work there and uh, all of the stuff no. you've done with the Dolphins? Yeah. Huh? Like a all zombie right. would walk right by me. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I but, know the feeling. Um. I don't know. It's a bad, as bad as Miami is, it's a bad matchup for Pitt because yeah. they don't score points. Oh, really? Get out of here. You're, you're no, I, I think so. I, I think it's a bad matchup for the Panthers because they don't score enough points on offense. Their defense can get after the quarterback. So I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I, I, don't, I, don't think, I don't see this game getting into, you know, 28-24 range. Maybe it's it's, you know, 2017, 2014, 2013, something like that. I, I just – the Pitt would have to, you know, do some things on offense in their passing game to make it 
to make it really, you know, a, a game that the Panthers could win. I, I don't see. Wow, well, you don't even I, see him uh, winning necessarily. Not necessarily. No, I'm figuring it's blowout city, and that's it. And Mario Cristobal has all uh, you know off season to explain. This this game is going to revive Mario Cristobal, I think. Oh yeah! Well, oh, wow. Okay. You have little faith, Johnny. What man. happened? And, uh, did you get some <laughs> kind of him? negative uh, I'm just going know, feedback on your last contribution? I'm, to I'm building. I'm building reverse psychology <laughs> right now. I can't imagine. No, but I really do think I. I, the Panthers are a better team, but I, I just don't see them scoring a lot of points. How would they won they their last few? They they What's haven't that? won their last. I thought they won their they last. Did. Few they did. They games. beat yeah. uh, Duke twenty eight twenty six. I think. Right. They beat Pitts, they, uh, Syracuse. They beat Syracuse. Handily. But Syracuse was, was on a downturn. They they, they lost they two three, apart. four in a row. I yeah. Think. Yeah. Well, they've lost five they in a row Virginia. now. Yeah. They started out six and zero. Oh. So much for uh, my uh, resurrection of uh, the Larry Zonka days uh, at the Q's. Uh, that's not happening. I, I, I'm surprised that you're skeptical about this ball game. I really am. I, I don't know if you're just, like you say, no, uh, I, trying to I, go I, reverse I like, psychology. Well, being the one thing I'll guarantee, the one thing I'll guarantee. About Will you be game, on the sidelines for this game? No, I'm, unfortunately, I'm not going to be in town. Or I, oh, I good. would like to have gone ah, to okay. the game. But the one thing I'll guarantee is number zero for the Hurricanes will get a personal foul in this game to continue <laughs> his streak of like eight in a row. Right. He, he'll make a horrible play late and it'll be 15 yards against the Hurricanes. I'll guarantee you that. See, I, I'm thinking the Canes go down. I, I was so unimpressed with their uh, uh, play uh, against Clemson. I, I know Clemson uh, seemed to, you know, everybody's been boning up on Syracuse and Clemson had its best game. But when they played the QC, even though Syracuse threatened them early in the game. But uh, for, for the Hurricanes, I mean, to, to just be a listless, lifeless, no factor in, in any game this late in the season under the new uh, coaching staff, I, I, I thought was alarming. I, I really did. So well, uh, I would have given them no chance against Pittsburgh. Uh, coming I didn't up give them any night. chance against Clemson, and they kind of hung around. I don't know if it was, you know, they get, I, I think they got two or three turnovers right away in the third quarter. Yeah. To kind of make it a game, you know, it was a two touchdown game. Yes. And you felt like the Hurricanes, if they did anything, they might be able to to hang around. But it was yeah. more of, you know, I, I thought their defense put their helmet on the football a couple of times. They made some nice plays, but it was more of the mistakes of Clemson and, and you know, the the way the defense of Miami played that kept them around. But uh, it, in the fourth quarter, the separation took over. Remember when you had the belief, though, that, uh, you know, no matter what the circumstance, it could have been Oklahoma up 21 in the fourth quarter. And uh, you, you just had the uh, faith and the belief that the Hurricanes could dig their way out of any grave and come back, you know, and find a win. And, and now when you see them get behind by three points, you're like, eh. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's over. Which, uh, wow, I mean, that's such a radical departure from uh, where the, that, you know, I mean, that's one of the things. It's like Jimmy, you know, titled his book Swagger. It's it's one of the. I don't know that it's swagger so much, but uh, you know that, no, that belief. I, if it's they, not there, I mean, it's very hard to come by. It doesn't matter how much swagger you have if you don't have players. Yeah, you that's can't true. win, and they don't have enough players. Didn't you always feel like when you were playing on it, no matter what, you could be down like ten nothing in a game of one on one to eleven, and you thought, okay, I'll I make got a, a couple chance. jumpers here from the top yeah. of the key. Yep, I still have yep, a shot. Yep, 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 I got yep. a chance. Yeah, you know, I I think they the mentality's there, but I don't know if they have enough guys. I mean, for as much as they've they've talked about their defensive line, I don't know. 
I well, don't that, see it. Well, let me ask and, you, because yeah. that's my thing is, Kane's fans, and look, I, again, we've talked about this. What they put out for him and the staff, they're not firing the guy. He's not in a hot seat. I, I, I'm not saying he is. The expectations nationally, the expectation from fans. Although Ed Ogeron was in town. Yeah. <laughs> his, his son's on the staff. So, anyways, <laughs> um, I'm not going to I'm not going to say that that's what their expectations were. Maybe inside the program, I've talked to people that said, well, you don't understand what's going on inside, which I don't well, – then I, why weren't they saying that outside? But whatever, fine. So they, they felt it would be a tough year. Okay, cool. For me, though, looking at it from media or fan standpoint, I understand he's going to be here. But why is there? Why would there be confidence in him? What you're saying aligns with what Kane fans are saying now. That, look, we believe in Mario because these aren't his kids. He's going to get his kids in there. Okay, but with these kids, shouldn't he have at least done something with them? Weeded this out before this season to at least have – just go young. That's what Norvell did. Norvell, before that first year, went uber young, right. and they were not good. But every week they got better because they were his kids. Why did Cristobal not do that? He kept a lot of that roster together to try and win now is what I think it is, and it backfired, and they're not getting better, and now he's doing the rebuilding, rebuilding thing. And that's my problem is – what you're saying is a lot of what Segreto's saying. Well, they're going to rebuild. He just needs his players. But he wasn't saying that before. Why waste a year? To me, it feels like they wasted a year and didn't do in year one what they're probably going to do in year two. Well, I think they, they should have been better with the change of coaching staff, with the change of philosophy. No matter what you have, they didn't have stability at quarterback. And anytime you don't have stability and, and a guy that's going to be consistent week in and week out, that was probably the the only position you felt, hey, at least we have a guy, a Heisman caliber quarterback that's going to be able to at least mask a lot of the things that we're deficient at. Well, a lot of passes were dropped early in the season, and then the next week a lot of passes were off the mark. Then that guy gets hurt, and you have flux at your most important position, um, along with the offensive line going to the third center, you know, seventh guard, what, what, you know, whatever the – whatever you're deemed, you know, is at fault with their offense. There's a lot of things. It just wasn't one thing. It just, if it was just the quarterback and they removed Van Dyke from the equation and played the other two guys and everything was solid around, around that position. Yeah. You might be able to mask it a little bit against some of the lesser teams in the ACC, but when the problems are dropping the ball, fumbling the football, allowing sacks, allowing pressures, uh, three and out, three and out, three and out. Now the defense can't hold up their end because they're, they're breaking, yes, yeah, yeah. you know, before they should, it, it's a, it's a domino effect. And the, and the hurricanes had that domino effect for multiple weeks in a row. And, and now it's, you know, you're as a head coach, you almost feel a little helpless. The only thing you have that the, the most energy on that team right now are the hype guys coming out at, you know, the TV timeouts <laughs> and the, and you know, get off the field, get off the field. You know, I, I would tell that guy, shut the fuck. Get out of here, man. Go back on the sidelines. You know, it's just like it's the most mean, meaningless thing gets the most attention. And I'm a fan and I'm noticing that. Like, yeah. get on the sidelines. Let the coach coach. You guys, you don't need to run off the field. It's 28 to 3. You know, we're, try, we're, we're doing our best, but we're getting our asses kicked. I don't need you to hype me to come off the field on a TV timeout. The, I, I just think a, that there's a lot, yeah. lot of other issues that can be, need to be addressed other than these guys. Mario's facial expressions are starting to resemble uh, Jerry Faust 
uh, when he was on the sideline there for Notre Dame. I was just like befuddled by uh, what was going on out there. Uh, the uh, bookies uh, don't share your concern, uh, John, with Pittsburgh. They have them as six and a half point favorites on the road. For I'm this just game. saying, uh, next time we talk, it'll be yeah. it'll be it'll be a closer game than that, I think. Or or Miami's going to, you know, just I, I just I just don't. I just don't know. I don't. I don't feel. I watched Pitt now for the last couple of weeks. Yeah. They're better than Miami, but I don't. I don't really trust how they're getting it done. You know, I. I can't remember the. Kid's I think name. Charlie Pontridge is uh, salivating right now, thinking about sacking these uh, UM quarterbacks. That's the thing is, well, that that's the that's advantage the Pitt has. Yeah. The advantage Pitt has, if they can get to the quarterback, and they can stop Miami's running game when they try to, you know, offset that pressure, that'll be the biggest key to the game. If, if the Panthers get four or five sacks, you know, that, that's, that's where they can control the line of scrimmage. I just don't trust them scoring in the 20s this week unless they get a defensive score. All right. That's fair, man. John Kajemi, I, I figured you'd be, uh, you know, uh, playing a Vuvuzela here on the show. Uh, <laughs> blowing, a, blowing a horn for Pittsburgh as they uh, knock. Uh, oh, I like that. Luby's cat uh, even getting an opinion in on the show. Appearance. Hey, I tell you what. I, I mean, uh, you know, cats love seafood, but uh, all uh, kinds of cats like us. Uh, we love seafood, too. And, and a fine place to get it, of course, Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill. And, and now, now, what is considered, uh, you're sort of, you know, uh, on the fringe there of the restaurant game with your brother running the place and, and Amanda's wife as a general manager. Uh, is this considered the transition into the season yeah, for uh, people so. in the uh, hospitality business yep. uh, right yeah, after yep. Thanksgiving? Yep. I think so. Starts? I think that's, that's considered uh, the transition. And, you know, it, I don't even know if it matters down to Jimmy Johnson's yeah. Big Chill because the place is always buzzing. There's always action. There's live music on the weekends. You get the sports bar to, you know, from the World Cup to NFL to college football. Uh, they've got it all. And then you've got the tiki bar outside with the restaurant in between. Um, we've got the from from fresh fish to, to chicken to pizza to the nachos. To, I mean, just anything that you want, you can get at Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill. And, and the best part about it is the service. Uh it's first class. The food's first class, and the views are spectacular. So, uh, if if you haven't been there, uh, do it. it. It's right there uh, beyond the bridge um, in Key Largo on the on the Bay side, and uh, just a, a great place to either use as a destination or uh, coming and going if you're going deeper into the Keys. Um, just a great spot just to go have a drink, have something to eat, and relax, and, and get uh, first class service. Coming back from a successful fishing trip, uh, you know, you got the boat in tow. Yep. yep Stop yep. in there. Jimmy Johnson's big chill before you go on that little stretch and hit Florida City. What, what a pleasure it is. I, I like being about, uh, you know, between the four and the five foot marker there in the pool, kind of leaning <laughs> against the wall with a cocktail and uh, just watching all of the action there, listening to the bands. It's a great place to relax and it's going to be hopping during the season. So uh, make your plans. And, and what a great way to round off the holiday weekend, John. I know you, yeah. you, you sound like you're, you're leaving town for the holidays. Or are you going? Yeah, to... uh, going to visit my family, uh, my, my wife's family in Toronto. For nice. A couple days. Oh, so yeah. Wow. yeah. Listening to you, Mr. World Travel. Yeah. Very yeah. good. All right. Uh, and uh, now, now, is it freezing up there? Uh, it's, did they get hit with all cold. this wall of it's snow that cold. hit Buffalo? No, they, they missed the snow uh, because they're on the other side of the lake, but it's still pretty cool. Yeah. 
It's a pretty big departure from Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill. Which we <laughs> it is. I'm going to have Jimmy Johnson's uh, Big yeah. Chill in my mind as I put yeah. on my trench You're, you're going to be sorrow. chilled yeah. uh, yourself. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, uh, like a frosted mug. But uh, no, and that would be the place to go. Just just grab a frosted mug of beer there at Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill. Mile Marker 104, the Overseas Highway in Key Largo. If you're thinking about coming to Florida, too, you're watching us from uh, other parts of the country or around the world. Uh, great accommodations. And look at that at Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill. Dot com. All right, uh, a lot more to talk about with John Kajemi here. It's uh, a very, very, uh, you know, we were looking for inspiration earlier in the show and an inspiring week of football coming up. A lot of uh, juxtaposition possibly taking place there. Is, uh, you always like the juggling that goes on with the uh, teams that are at the very top when it comes to the college football playoff and, and uh, more NFL action to discuss as well. John Kajemi's pigskin playbook continues in a moment. Now that. The time. Your next okay, though, after looking up at Bo Kemper? Okay. <laughs> Pretty good. Hey, Bo. Every Pretty now and good. then, I, I would get one of those crooks, you know, and then you couldn't move. You know, you, you had to turn your whole body. Man, he's tall. I'm glad it's, it was uh, only a two-minute segment. <laughs> it's at 842. Hey, folks, Tony Segreto here. Let me ask you a question. What do you look for when you go out to eat? Good food, obviously. Friendly atmosphere. Not too loud, but good energy. Reasonable prices. And a place where you feel comfortable. All those ingredients, no pun meant there, are hard to find unless you're talking about the Texas Roadhouse. You see, they encompass all of those attributes. Really, really good food, amazing atmosphere, good for a family, good for a date, or just a night out for yourself, and prices that will make you extremely happy. Their ribs unmatched, steaks hand-cut every day, everything, and I mean everything is made on site, including their incredible bread. It's the one day, folks, that you can forget about low-carb diets. Trust me when I tell you, Texas Roadhouse, your restaurant, your destination, when you say, where should we go and eat tonight? From the newly renovated sports bar to the beautiful bayside views captured at the Tiki Bar, Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill has it all. Located at mile marker 104, the Big Chill also offers waterfront dining while experiencing breathtaking sunset views of the Florida Keys. It's simply the hottest spot in the Keys to cool off. That's Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill at mile marker 104 in Key Largo. For more information, call today at 305-453-9066. Our good friend John Jimmy, another fine job on Dateline Dolphins, brought to you by Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill in Key Largo. And uh, I can't wait to get down there, John. I know that. But I wanted to get your thoughts of uh, being a, a scratch golfer and a guy who aced the hole 16 at Augusta National in the company of the great Dan Marino. And a legendary story associated with that. If you had been John Rahm and coming off of 18 and they told you uh, you were going to be disqualified from the tournament, even though you were leading by six shots, he could have gone around the course with a putter and still won the tournament. Your thoughts would have been what? Restrain me. Somebody hold me back. <laughs> because I'm going to choke this guy. That would have been my initial my initial reason. Unbelievable. I couldn't believe it when it came out. And just, just horrible luck for John Rahm. From South Florida to the entire world, thank you to the iHeartRadio app. Here is Defoe joined by Luby on the Defoe Show. All right, welcome back to the show. Uh, we have a, a big uh, weekend of football on tap, and it gets underway early. Of course, you have the triple header in the NFL, the Turkey Day uh, special. Uh, we have John Kajemi with us here, at, and it's the Pigskin Playbook, uh, also known as Dateline Dolphins. With John, brought to you by Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill, and that's mile marker 104 of the Overseas Highway in Key Largo. Uh, let's zero in on this. What, what's your approach to watching football on Turkey Day? Now, you're going to be with the wife's family. Yeah. 
Uh, they know work. that you were involved in football your entire life and, and you know, not only played at a high level, but uh, were very successful broadcasters still are uh, covering football. Uh, do you use that, uh, you know, as an alibi like Luby and I have many, many times? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I got to watch the games, man. It doesn't That's work my for job. Me. It works for default. <laughs> or do you sit down with the family and, and figure I'll take a pass on the Lions game? What, what, what's your approach? Yeah, normally I would I would probably hunker in for all three games. Yeah. Uh, this one I'm going to have to pick and choose probably, uh, which is okay. Uh, I'll probably let the Lions slide that game and, and um, maybe just keep an eye on it from wherever I'm at in, in the living room or the kitchen, but hone in on one of the later games. Uh, I'll probably that that's the way to do it. That would be well, smart yeah. on my behalf. Yeah, I mean, it was a concession. The Lions game was always good, and this was back in the day. Uh, you know, I, I'm so old. I mean, uh, I want to say there was only one game on Thanksgiving, right. and then the Cowboys started playing. I, I forget what year that was. So that was some salvation because when the Lions were playing at that point, uh, you, you could go out and toss a football around with the one <laughs> exactly. uncle exactly. that you had that actually, you know, liked sports. Exactly. And, and right. that was a perfect time to do it. And, and then, you know, have have your meal, and then you could abandon the family and, and watch a second game on TV. Uh, now, uh, the Bills are involved here, and, and the belief is back, at least with the bookies, in spite of the fact the Lions have won three in a row. Right. And um, I was saying earlier this week, I mean, uh, I'm watching Dan Campbell on the sidelines. He, he really does look like the, the crazed deckhand on Deadliest Catch, doesn't he? <laughs> you know, the guy that's willing to do anything. It doesn't matter. You know, the wind's blowing 100 miles an hour. He's up there on the masthead like he's George Clooney in a perfect <laughs> storm repairing something. And then comes down and bites the head off of a fish. And, and uh, you know, he, he has that look. But I, they, they weren't horrible uh, except for a very brief stint there uh, you know they started out the season looking like they might have improved vastly they were scoring a lot of points then they had a couple of really bad games and uh now they've won i think three in a row so should they be nine point dogs at home thanksgiving day to the buffalo bills who have been uh, radically displaced by that snowstorm and actually were in detroit and, and probably stayed there for the last couple they of went days back sarney said they went back oh they went back yeah. wow okay. they went back I, yeah I, I, that's I, even stranger that's weird, i mean is yeah. it not yeah that's a lot of travel it is a lot of travel and it's a lot of pressure on the bills because the lions are playing better at home. Yep. I think, you know, obviously the bills are, are a better football team, but the lions can score and it's all about the bills defense. You know, if the bills defense, you, you you're going to be in the twenties with Josh Allen. Anyway, you're going to get to the twenties. So if, if the bills defense can find a way to, to rattle golf and I think, uh, the Lions get their receiver back this year, their first draft pick uh, from Alabama. Uh, oh, Williams, Jameson Williams. Williams, I think, I think he gets back this week. Now, okay. I don't know if he's going to play, but he's eligible to, to, to play this week and ready to go uh, after offseason surgery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From the- so, you know, that gives him an added dimension if he is in, you know, with speed. And that's what the Lions need on offense. So I just think the Bills are a better team. They played there last week. You know, going right back feels like a, a home game because I'm sure the Buffalo fans are going to travel again. Yeah, uh, they're crazed. Uh, I love the, I love the 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 Bills Mafia trying to get some of the players out of the driveways with the snowblowers. You think uh, that happens in Miami? That the, no. know, they would have dug Marino out of a snowstorm, no. get him to they, a game? No, no yeah, way, right? They would have hired somebody so. to do it. Yeah, <laughs> but it, I, I think the Bills are just. It's it's time for the Bills to start playing. Uh, playoff football, and it, it might be a tough one for the Lions, even though they're vastly improved. 
Dan Campbell's a trip, huh? I, I know he's got a couple of wins now that he's strung together, but, uh, you know, uh, seriously, a downside, you know, losing record. Uh, and, and yet appears to be in no jeopardy there. That They love him. Uh, he may end up owning a Ford factory by the time uh, his uh, career is done. But they, they love this guy. And, uh, well, they like him. You know, it wasn't going so great, uh, you know, just, just a couple of weeks ago. Well, how can you not love a guy? It is passion. You, you feel it. I mean, you hear it every day. Yeah. It's the same. It's the same mantra, but it's it's not just lip service. This guy means it. This guy cares. He, he this is his life, and and he's showing these players uh, every on a daily basis what it means to him to to you know kind of harness that emotion and put it into you know productivity on the field. And bringing it to practice and bringing it to your meetings and, and doing that, it, it kind of gets ingrained in you. And if you if you believe in what he's saying, it, it's tough not to go out and, and play for, for your head coach. And and that that kind of verb, you know, it kind of goes through the whole team. It it, it, it just gets in your soul. And when you have a guy like that uh, that you believe in and you trust, so I think they it's contagious with the Lions right now. And I think they're it's showing in their play. He has a look of frustration uh, that eclipses uh, those I used to get from my ex-wife, uh, which, uh, you know, it was involved. You know, this was a very rocky relationship, uh, you know, at its at its very surface. And then she had that same look of frustration. I, I, I literally I, had, I, had I been aware of Dan Campbell at the time, I, I, I could have easily made that equation. Uh, all right. Uh, the Cowboys uh, played great last week. Uh, the Giants not so hot. So, so not. Game uh, in the NFC East, uh, you know, I mean, uh, the Cowboys are favored by eight and a half, and I, I think well deserved in that one. Daniel Jones uh, looked very, I mean, beyond sub pedestrian in that game after showing signs of life. And, and the Vikings uh, had just a horrible game. Uh, can Belichick pull this off and, and go into Minnesota and win a ball game? And would he not then be, I mean, uh, along with. Uh, uh, Ron Rivera in uh, Washington, or would he not be uh, an offbeat candidate for coach of the year? W- winning with what people thought was essentially garbage, much like Pete Carroll uh, is doing in Seattle. Well, it's going to be, it's going to be tough. I, I think that uh, Dable has done a really good job with the Giants. I think the Giants ran into the weather. I, I don't think they handled the weather really well. Yeah. And I think the Lions did. Yeah. And I, I think Jones is going to be better, uh, you know, in a dome type setting. I think the giants will be better in a dome type setting, but I was surprised at how, how good the Cowboys look. Yeah. And they look great. The, what they look terrific. And yeah. you know, the one, two punch at running back. Power now you've Elliott, got the receivers yeah. playing well, Dak's back yeah. and healthy. And that defense is getting after the quarterback with Parsons. And uh, it's, it's, it's a good team. It's a really good team. So <clears throat> it should come down to the wire the jets and, and I mean, the giants and the Cowboys, uh, in the East, uh, you know, along with Philadelphia, I don't, I don't see them slipping too much. Um, it's gonna, it'll be fun to watch that that uh, NFC East. When you wait, wait, when you look at a team like the Rams, what happened? I know you 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 don't study the NFL like you used to, but I know you do still watch it and cover it and are involved in it. Like both Devo and I saw them in the Super Bowl. I get it, maybe not the Super Bowl, but they're horrible. Like, how do you go from yeah. that? And add, they added players. Allen Robinson was supposed to be a nice addition at receiver. Rejuvenated he, he, with a real he quarterback. He disappeared the whole season. He's nowhere to be he... found. Uh, you bring in yeah. Wagner from the Seahawks, who didn't look old last year, <clears throat> to make up for losing Miller. Like, I'm befuddled that they're this bad. I get it not winning a Super Bowl. Being this, they're horrible. Like, I don't understand. Yeah, they, 
they look disinterested and their quarterback's been beat up all year. It seems like oh, he came yeah. into the year with yeah. elbow problems. You know, they were talking about him in the preseason, not looking the same and not being the same. And, you know, even though you have Aaron Donald, he can only do so much, you know, the, the defense is not, you know, Ramsey looks disinterested. Uh, it just looks like a team that was on a Super Bowl high and never went and back now. to the grindstone and said, you know, we got to, it's even harder to come back and be, when you're the when you're the team to beat when you have a target every week on your back you know it's it's tough to do and they didn't handle it very well and it they just don't look like um they don't look hungry they they don't look hungry and they don't look desperate every week they look like well if it happens it happens if it doesn't you know we won last year you're not really supposed to do it again that, that's when i watch them that's what i feel like after these classic shootouts that we've seen between these two teams, the Chiefs are 14-point favorites this week in a heads-up matchup with the Los Angeles Rams. And they're sitting there, what, at like 3-7 and seven Yes. after 10 weeks? And yeah. you're wondering if McVay is going to be still selling soup or on a soup line <laughs> after this season. Uh, maybe he should have taken that announcing job at $20 million a year. I mean, it, and it seems like he does love to coach, though. So, uh, you know, maybe this all. But I, I thought, you know, beginning of the year, I, I, I didn't see any reason why they wouldn't have, you know, an excellent chance to repeat of at least going to the Super Bowl out of the NFC. So uh, that shows you how dead wrong uh, we could be, uh, John Kajemi. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and uh, also th- this week, uh, you know, one game, one college game, I wanted to uh, get a little quick uh, viewpoint from you on uh, USC and Notre Dame. Uh, Notre Dame. After USC, that, that was a thriller. I, I happened to be uh, following a little text thread with a friend of mine who used to be a UCLA cheerleader many, many years ago, back in the day. Uh, still very attractive, but uh, very much involved. I mean, hates USC like poison. Like like she would strangle a song girl and, and burn her sweater if she had the chance. Uh, you know, and this was a rivalry that USC dominated when I was living in California. Yeah. In the last many years, I mean, both teams were kind of eh. You know, a sort of mid-pack, uh, you know, they're, they're in the Pac-12. Not, nothing like the illustrious, you know, times they enjoyed before. But uh, UCLA was always kind of the redheaded stepchild there, oh, yeah. like the Angels were to the Dodgers in uh, California when it came to college football. Now, they play a thriller in Manila, and, and uh, USC, and everybody knows they have no defense, and, and that was exposed because they get four turnovers in a game, and they still give up 45 <laughs> points, Right, which, which is amazing, I mean, if you think about it. But uh, they play Notre Dame, and uh, we have to give this Marcus Freeman uh, some credit uh, because Notre Dame, after being embarrassed yep. early in the year, losing to Marshall in South Bend, yep. uh, has played representative uh, and decent football since. And, and they, unlike the Hurricanes, have improved under this coaching staff, a first-year coaching staff, during the course of the season. So are they in there with, with a shot? Uh, against the USC Trojans? They're going to need some help. They're going to need some turnovers of their own because I don't know. USC seems like they're scoring 40-plus yeah, every about game. every week, right? And yeah. uh, there's no slowing them down with the weapons that they have. So it's, it'll, be, it'll be a tough chore. Now, the thing that can slow USC down is weather. You know, they haven't they haven't really played. And I think it's at Notre Dame, if I'm not mistaken. No, they're home. Uh, USC. Oh, they're home? It's at yeah. USC. Well, it's at USC. I, I uh, they're favored by five and a hook at home. Yeah. So the weather be, shouldn't be too prohibitive. It should be pretty that'll nice. Be a, that'll be a tough task yeah. then for, for Notre Dame. You know, Notre Dame would like to see the game in the 20s, but USC doesn't play games yeah. in the 20s. So uh, I, I think they'll give a good effort. I think they'll play well. They may ha- hold their own for a couple quarters, but it's tough to, to eliminate all of those pass-receiving options 
that USC has and, and the quarterback's playing. He's playing just as good or better than anybody in the country. All right, I have to ask you this because uh, you've had a vast array of athletic experiences at a very high level. Uh, I mean, your viewpoint on soccer. <laughs> is it a disgrace that people refer to it as football? I would say yes. I would say it's soccer. Yeah. Right? I mean, but, it makes sense because it is a game that you play with your feet, so it would be football in that sense, more so than even American football is, which is right. a game that you play largely with your hands. And, uh, you know, I mean, they're throwing a ball, you're catching it, you aren't running. Uh, but, uh, I mean, but but what, what's your thought about this? I mean, uh, are you uh, like many who feign interest in the World Cup every four years because we're Americans and we know nothing about the game, but we try to pretend we're sophisticated enough to uh, have an appreciation for it? I'm in the line that enjoys uh, catching a few games yeah. at the World Cup. Because it's on and it's on at odd times, and I can right. watch something that, that helps. That it's helps. It's kind of okay. Let, let's check it out. You know, sure. I, I was at my son's house and saw 15 minutes of uh, the United States game, and it was kind of cool. I, I thought it was it was nice. You know, to see you know uh, the whales guys flopping around there and, and oh my god, what a disgrace! How they got how they got stepped on or just you know briefly cleated by. But somebody and then really seeing a guy get hurt and all of a sudden he pops up and he's running full speed, you know? Yeah. So I enjoy I enjoy watching it. I enjoy watching it, but it's not something if it happened every year, I don't know if I or every season. I don't know if I'd watch it as much, but I enjoy watching the World Cup because the fans are in it. You know, it's it's got a great atmosphere to it. That's true. um, For that, I like it. I mean, from a strategic standpoint, uh, as compared to any other sport that you ever played, isn't it the most ridiculous game? It's kind of like we were saying, you know, when the beach ball is being bounced around a stadium and it comes to your section and you try to hit it with your head and you go, hey, and that's it. And then the wind blows it down into section 107. Uh, I mean, the strategy of the game, everybody's always talking about it like it's this, uh, you know, a deeply involved intellectual chess match. I, I, I don't think bunch, I don't think there bunch is of guys running problem. around aimlessly, don't you? Yeah, it's it's going reverse, and then at the most inopportune time, they yeah. kick it forward. It seems What's like when they, have, yeah. when they have numbers, they back it out. Yes, yeah. and I when they don't that. have numbers, they throw it into the box. I never I, get it. I don't know. I, I was I was brought up drinking Miller Lite at Lockhart Stadium, watching the Strikers in the West End Zone. Oh yeah, so when, when, nice. when it was I was not old enough to drink Miller Lite and, <laughs> and go to the game. So I I kind of uh, have a fond memory of of, of soccer here uh, yeah. and watching it as a kid. So I, I enjoy the World Cup when the countries get so passionate about about us. You know what they're that that's their life. When you look at the fans in the stands, oh they like. I no, couldn't believe crazy. the passion, uh, you know, for, you know, to get a corner kick. It was <laughs> unbelievable. I know. Yeah. Some crazy shit where the guy's going to, you know, try to bounce it in off his head. <laughs> uh, you know, if you get lucky, he doesn't lose an eye. <laughs> <laughs> and then the goalies make like one save a game and they get like a game ball. You know, for, it, for yeah, doing exactly. that. I, that's that's my favorite part of the game is when the goalies make the save and they just start 
bitching at everybody. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Always pointing. I'm not supposed to do anything. Hello. Pink and Marino running down the field to yell at Duper and Clayton. Clearing the defensive back by more than six yards. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, the, the spirit I was good. I, I will say this about the Strikers, because when I first moved to Florida in 1981, the Strikers were the only other pro team here in town. And uh, you, you really didn't have that. The Hurricanes hadn't quite, you know, mm-hmm. established this. Uh, you know, they, they were just about on the precipice of this era of greatness under Schnelli in 83. Uh, and, and the Strikers were like the secondary consideration behind the Dolphins to cover as a sportscaster here in town. And I wasn't used to that, but, but the characters on the team, including yeah, a guy that, great. fortunately, uh, you know, uh, through Jim Sarney, I, I had the chance to uh, sit down with uh, not that long ago at one of the local restaurants here, uh, Ray Hudson. I mean, they were so colorful, these guys that, that, uh, you know, it, it was actually a lot of fun to follow that team. Yeah. And, and we started to care about it very briefly. And then of course uh, the NASL went bankrupt, Folded, but yeah, uh, exactly. yeah. They folded very quickly. Uh, how long did they last? I don't even remember. I don't and I never remember. thought it would catch on. I never thought it would catch on here in America. It got me through high school. That's for any sure. Level. That was fun. Yeah, no, that, that's great. I mean, uh, it, it's it's interesting to conceive of a man of your dignity and, and uh, you know, class and, and you know, that you're sneaking into a soccer game with a six-pack of Miller Lite oh, at 15. Awesome. <laughs> it was awesome. I had a great time. All right, uh, when are you leaving for Toronto? And, and I want days, you to have a great uh, trip. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. You're Going flying up, out on uh, Thanksgiving Day? Get out of here. Uh, yeah, I'm flying out. Wow. Uh, private jet? I mean, I hope private jet. No, 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 no. No? Going up, going up uh, to see my, my family that lives up there, so can't wait to see him. Oh, what airlines uh, goes up there? I mean, you're not on Frontier or one of those. Air I'm Canada. going uh, Air Canada. Air Canada salad. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're, they're reliable. Yeah, everything up there is reliable. All right, very good, uh, John. Uh, you have a great holiday. We love you. And uh, fantastic job. You and, too, guys. Uh, we wish you the happy uh, happiest of Thanksgiving holidays. Happy and, Thanksgiving. Uh, we'll talk again we'll next, week. next week. Thanks so much for being with us. John Kajemi, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, sir. All right. It's going to be great, man. Uh, football uh, all over the place. Uh, yes. I'm looking at the, uh, well, surprising, uh, Luby, that I'm looking at the odds page here in the yes, New York Post. Shocker. But that's kind of where you get the uh, schedule. And uh, they, they start out, let's see, uh, college football. Uh, doesn't go till. Uh, oh, they have a, a Tuesday game tonight, right? Nice. Two of them. Oh, Miami matching. of Ohio well, matching, yeah, against matching. Ball State. Am I looking at last week's uh, thing? No, Miami of Ohio against Ball State. The same. It's the same team play every week. It's okay. Match. And Ohio against so Bowling Green. Yeah, there's only there's only like what eight teams in the MAC. There's only like four teams in the, in the yeah, conference. Yeah, I mean, there's that not that many is? teams yeah. in the MAC, so you get that's the thing. You get the same team. Kind of like the old again. six team NHL, right? Yeah, Ball State, exactly. Miami, Ohio, Bowling Green, Ohio. There you go. Well, I was not impressed with Ball State last week, and they're only two and a half point dogs to Miami on the road. Is Miami of Ohio any good? I have no idea. I I, I think not. Professor, I, I mean, the professor knows his MAC. I do. Not. I, I'm not familiar with Bowling Green. Ohio looked pretty good in their game against uh, Ball State last week. I was at the uh, sports book there at uh, Harris at the time and naturally was involved in three out of four losing uh, elements of the parlay. <laughs> we did get Michigan State home in basketball. Exactly. That was it. <laughs> Down to fucking tubes with Duke. Imagine a professor losing with Duke. That had to really be painful. Not only did he have to, I mean, just change religions. <laughs> <laughs> he had just done the big board on what schmucks these guys are. Exactly. And now he's willing to lay two. 
in a ball game where they ultimately got clobbered. Oh Unbelievable. That has to be frustrating. All right, uh, tomorrow we're going to do a doubleheader here. We're going to have Dave Gurgles Gurgling yes, with the Amelia Park Trivia Challenge in the first hour of the program, so you can play that. And then uh, Tony Scrano, all school. And that'll be good going into Thanksgiving to get a dose of positivity. Yes. With, with the ultimate, I mean, optimist and, uh, you know, uh, seeing things through, uh, as uh, Mayo would say, rose-colored glasses, uh, Mr. Tony Segreto. Well, what better way to go into Thanksgiving? I, I'm going to feel like a pilgrim, man, by the end of the show. It's going to be great. Miles Standish will have nothing on me. There you go. Remember he had the slick back hair? He was great. There you go. All right, uh, Louie, you, you have a good one. Uh, we'll see you later on today, 12 o'clock, uh, the lunchbox. We're from home base today on the lunchbox. Uh, big, uh, Rowan, I still have that condition in the fridge. Yeah, I had a lot of leftovers. They, they treat us well on these remotes. Yeah. I appreciate Grandpa. Oh, you took home, like, the house. I mean, yeah, that was I did. great. I did. What did you have? You had Eggs Benedict. Uh, corn eggs Benedict. Hash. It was going pash, hash browns, french fries. <laughs> Bagels. <laughs> That first bite that Mike took of that sandwich, Wasn't I mean, bad. that thing was, when you have a sandwich on a bagel, man, I mean, that's that's like a big mouth type of proposition, is it, it not? Is. Yes, it is. And they pile you have it to on. be like a, a Goliath grouper to get your mouth around that. <laughs> 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 kind of like those chicks in Boca, right? They had the lips from a Goliath oh, grouper. <laughs> uh, did you go see, uh, yeah, like a, a doctor for that or did you go to a taxidermist? That was always my question. <laughs> Used to go to those ladies' nights all the time at Pete's. That was uh, that was exceptional. Uh, all right, uh, we'll see you later on. Twelve o'clock should be a lot of fun today. Mike Mayo's lunchbox. I, I hope he has some Thanksgiving. He, he was he was discombobulated yesterday, right from the start. You laid that loop. news on him about I next week, and, loop, uh, he, but, uh, he, he couldn't think straight. He yeah. saved the, he salvaged himself, and I think we salvaged the situation. So Mayo's a, a miracle worker, and but he does not take news like that very well. Right before we no go no no, he, he's not big on surprises. Just kidding. And I do it every time. <laughs> it's become like a pastime for me. What can I do to yeah, screw like, Mayo? <laughs> right before the show, because, you know, he tries to get things organized. Know, we we just come in and, and let it rip. We just go. He tries to get organized, you know. I mean, he has all of the, uh, you know, usual pre-show functions of a guy that, you know, was doing this for a while, but yeah. was taking it very seriously and then realized, uh, what difference does it make, right? Yeah. They're going to hate you anyway. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So enjoy it. All right, thanks, fun. people, for tuning in. Uh, appreciate the participation on the uh, chat line. Tell your friends about the thing. Send them the link. Yes. Get some more subscribers here on Let's South Florida Live. And uh, we'll catch you on the Lunchbox 12 o'clock today with Mike Mayo. As we leave, you know that. The time. Countdown's on, man. Two more days of Thanksgiving. One more show. It's uh, 908. Let's go to eat a damn snack. Let's go to my show.